0: Everybody sit down, quiet down, listen up. I brought you all here to recite the annual obituaries. Like every year we'll start with A and we'll end with Z. Alright, is the band ready? Ready! Alright, hit it boils. A one and a two.
1: Occur with disease in the brain. B is for Daniel Durrell on a train. E is for Eric who's buried alive. Mm is for Frank who was stabbed through the eye. She is for Craig who died in the
2: womb. H is for Henry
1: Went insane
3: <laughs> yes excellent wonderful Ladies and gentlemen, it is 5 minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this is the month of May, in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and being a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not really ostentatious studios of AM970 Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, an excursion into whimsy. Uh, thank you for joining us. That was Creature Feature, by the way. Uh, that's called A Gory Demise, and it's sort of a musical interpretation of the Gashley from Chinese, which is the Edward Gory poem. Anyway... Ellis for Leonard, who died of ennui. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. You want to join us today? 503 733 That was me. I was tossing my pen in the air, and it landed on the off button on of my microphone. Well, it was bound to happen eventually. I don't think I could do that again if I tried. I'm going to try right now. Nope. 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 Really? Nope. Nope.
4: I'm going to take that pen away from you.
3: Next time to try to pick up a frog with a spatula. <laughs> Anywho. The
4: shoebox. Oh, is that what it was? The shoebox. Uh, all right. It's 503
3: 733 2970. 503 733 2970. You should join us today uh, with your comments, questions, clarifications, two cents, uh, your hate mail, whatever it is you might want to share uh, with the uh, giggling masses. It's 503 733 2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, able, and crazy to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, all the mundane. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. You can email if uh, you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. And I do believe it is Richie Bristol's birthday today, is it not?
4: It sure is, Rick Emerson.
3: Do we know how old he is? 30... I'm,
4: I think he's 38. No. I think... You're I don't know, making we'll have that to, up.
3: There's no have, way. We have
4: to get him in here. I don't know. Well,
3: you know, Dave Zinn's older than we thought he was. Dave Zinn's 33.
4: It's Dave Zinn's uh, mother's birthday today, too.
3: So it's Dave Zinn's mom's birthday, and it's Richie Bristol's actual birthday. Dave, he's not 38. How old are you?
4: 37? 37.
3: 37? How old are you, Richie Bristol? Don't There's no need to be coy about it. You're not 38. Quit shaving years. Years. <laughs> Not 27. I do believe he is 37. 37? All right. So, Richie Bristol, everybody calls up today. uh, Wish him a happy 37th birthday, would you please? We've got a special present we're going to give Richie Bristol later on in today's program. We'll talk about uh, that here in just a few. Uh, Joining us today will be CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, who I do believe was... Normally, I don't care about anything Al Sharpton does, but I'm pretty sure that as Al Sharpton was arrested... What, well, yesterday, two days ago, whenever it was it happened. I'm pretty sure that Steve Kastamon was there interviewing him as he was arrested. So that's pretty great. So he got within, I don't know, striking distance of Al Sharpton and lived to tell the tale. So Steve I'm joining us from New York City later on today. Jim Roop will be joining us from Los Angeles where they are working feverishly to avert another strike so as not to further decimate the already plummeting economy of Southern California. Uh, Peter Carlin for the Oregonian will join us today, uh, Dorothy Carceseri from the National Enquirer uh, on the program later on, uh, Taser Watch coming up today, uh, Religious Nutcase Watch coming up today. In honor of Richie Bristol and his birthday, we'll be counting down the top five songs about transvestites, right here. I still have to put them all on one piece of paper, I have to collate. Collate's a word that I use a lot because I, uh, I heard it in an office space, but I don't really know what it means. Isn't Milton always Isn't it like talking binding? about... is binding? See, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I'm pretty sure that that's a thing that they say in office space where I have to bind and collate these documents, but maybe not. Now that I think about it, I don't even really know where I picked that word up. I say, ending a sentence with a preposition. Collate. Tim, what does it mean to collate documents? Put them in some sort of order. So is it to organize or is it? A l- I would say to organize. Yes. Would you say it's more formal, like you're binding them with some sort of stapling or adhesive device? That is quite possible. Yes. Okay. I suppose anything's quite possible. I suppose it could. It's also possible that you're taking them back and composting them into a mulch. Yes. Uh, for this year's blueberries. Well, all right. Uh, well, we'll find out. Uh, if you know what colate means, call us and tell us, then I can cross that off the list of things I don't know. Uh, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy so uh yeah top five uh transvestite songs coming up later on not sung by transvestites well i mean in one case sung by transvestites uh but songs about transvestites and we will answer the magical question how crazy is richie bristol the answer is very 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 crazy oh like you're one to talk i'm not one to talk i am one to talk i'm talking here look we can <laughs> smell our own sarah i'm just saying i can tell you're a little crazy
4: I'm yeah. Tim's probably the sanest
3: of all the people in here, but that's only but a you're relative. Tim's pretty bonkers statement. too. Tim says, they waves at imaginary bats all day." So, <laughs>
4: oh, I'm about this
0: far from snapping all the time. Really? Yes. Today, would you say? What
4: is that? What? Was oh, that you? Were you kicking something?
0: No. It's somebody trampling the ceiling. Yeah, were- do you hear oh, that? All the squirrels are loose again.
4: There's something <laughs> running around. <laughs> that was
3: the craziest sounding thing you've ever said. Really? Are they, Tim?
4: Tim, do you hear that? I do. Okay. There's someone like. Like oh, pounding above Oh, it. no,
3: I hear it too, Sarah.
4: Get me out of here.
3: <laughs> They've all got mad.
4: Please tell me you
0: saw the light Remember, lower.
4: Remember the promise that we made to two out of three of the people in the room?
3: Hear something, that it's true. Yeah, or say something. Or something. something.
4: Then it's true. All you right, so, so there.
3: Like I, I did hear it, and I also smell something burning, whatever it is. <laughs> did somebody let the squirrels out again? <laughs> yes, they did, Tim. I think the squirrels have been let loose again. Mm-hmm. And the gnomes as well. Anywho, uh, so, yeah, so Richie's crazy, so we'll talk more about that later. If you didn't hear the, uh, the recap just now, it really is to your detriment. We hear uh, the Rick Emerson recap every day from 10 to 11, which is sort of a distillation of the previous day's show. Uh, you really ought to be listening to that, because it does, we kind of play that thing that says like it you know, previously on the Rick Emerson show. But it does really uh, serve the purpose, I mean, it was sort of designed to get everybody up to speed on what might be happening on each day's show, because we do sort of carry things over from one day to the next. Anyway, so we'll, we'll talk about that. couple brief show notes. Uh, so tomorrow, Scott Daly joining us in the studio. He's going to be counting down his top five pulp uh, songs. Oh, awesome. Uh, also tomorrow, and I just got this uh, confirmed yesterday, we're going to be talking to, You may not know this guy's name. Uh, we're going to be talking to a guy named Steve Alton, who is an author... Uh, and he's most famous for writing the book Meg uh, which if you are a sci-fi fan uh, you probably know the book Meg Meg is about a Meg Meg is about a Megalodon shark it's a 100 foot shark which did at one point live it's a real thing that used to exist and some people speculate that it still exists anyway so he's written this whole series of books about 100 foot long great white sharks And he's got a new book out called The Shell Game. And uh, anyway, so uh, we're going to talk to the author, Steve Alton, tomorrow. And then Monday, the Dry County crooks will be joining us in the studio to give us their musical stylings. Don't forget, today, 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 right now, here today, one week. We're now one week from Rick Emerson Listener Party 11, happening next Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m., at the Crystal Ballroom, speaking of music, music will be provided by Emerson Starship and the fun young lads in Nickel Arcade. Uh, the Rick Emerson Roast with Roastmaster Carl Click. Roasters including Sarah Dillon, Storm Large, Byron Back, Peter Carlin, Corden Fatboy, uh, Scott uh, Dally, and Aaron Duran. Uh, and uh, many more surprises and happenings and mayhem and drinking. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification.
0: Hillary will be at Lincoln High. That's drinking Lincoln tomorrow afternoon. Excellent. Obama will be here, too, but we haven't heard where and when yet. Uh, Hillary's in West Virginia today. A sinkhole threatens to swallow a Texas town. Meanwhile, a Texas woman wins $21 million playing the slots in Vegas. A 51-year-old Arizona man pimps his brand-new teenage bride to porn sex photographer. Good for you.
3: Wait, no. Bad for you. Bad, bad. Mustn't. Mustn't. Mummy will smack. All right. Anything else? Uh, no, that's enough. A... All right. That is a lot of news. So, wait, did you say that Hillary is here today? Or coming here today? No, uh, she's in West Virginia today. She'll be here tomorrow. What's
0: in West Virginia? That is
3: the next election. Really? In West Virginia? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they allowed those people to have pencils. All right. Well, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Sarah Dillon joining us today. As she always does. Hello. look Nice today.
4: Oh, thank you. Yeah. All right. I'm just wearing a T-shirt. No, I'm just saying it's something about...
3: I don't know anything about anything. Something about... Uh, uh, the color of your hair, the shirt, the whole thing—you got like a—it's it's a, a look. You have a you have a healthy glow about you today.
4: Well, thank you, sir. All right. Well and
3: any again. How was your night? How are things?
4: It was fun. Uh, my friend Heather came over, and um, I have a great back porch, and we sat on my back patio and drank wine and listened to MGMT and went through all of the listener-submitted rows. Are they good? They were hilarious.
3: There was a whole lot of them. I know there's dozens and dozens that got sent in.
4: Yeah, they were really really good. Um, people. Are very very mean. <laughs>
3: yes, yes they are. People are mean and horrid. Forum
4: and man oh man.
3: So uh, so you're going to go through and pick out I don't know probably five to seven minutes worth or however many you think are going to work and then you'll present them all. Along. Yeah,
4: I don't know. I mean it's whatever Todd and Joni's vision is because right. I don't know if I'm just going to come up sporadically and say a few of them and then like you know exit off or if I'm going to go and just be like hey these are what the listeners think this is what the listeners think. Probably you, right? a
3: whole chunk. I think that's the general theory, but I don't know. See again it's kind of weird for me. This party is sort of different because for the first time I can't really have a hands on role in everything that happens because obviously it's the roast I can't be like seeing the scripts or knowing what people are saying the the only script I've, i' I had you know the only the, the only roasting script I've seen is the one that I uh the one that I wrote mm-hmm. uh you know and you know so who knows it might be better than everybody else's it might be worse than everybody else's it might be just about the same I don't know so I have so that's it's gonna be It's going to be fairly interesting. That's all I know. It's going to be interesting. Uh, So that is one week from tonight. Uh, One week from tonight, we will be having the uh, Rick Emerson Roast as part of Listener Party uh, 11. It's all very exciting.
4: I don't think you realize how long five to seven minutes is.
3: I talk for four hours every day.
4: No, five to seven minutes standing in front of a bunch of people, that's a long time. Do
3: you realize we just did three minutes on Tim's imaginary bats and pollating documents? But that's in
4: our special magical room. That's not in front of, like, hundreds of people.
3: Well, that is true. Hundreds, hundreds of drunken people who are hypercritical and waiting to criticize at any moment.
4: I know. Maybe we can just oh, yeah. set up a little booth in the corner. How many roasters are there?
3: Uh, n- eight, I think. Well, it's hard because they're teams. So there's, like, Corden, Corden Fatboy. Well, let me see. There's.
4: Are they going to tag team you, Rick?
3: Awkward. <laughs> yes, Sarah. And, they are. They're and then team. they'll roast me. <laughs> Rick Everson. Um, Sarah, Storm, Byron, Peter, Corden Fatboy, uh, Carl himself. Scott and Aaron. So that is I guess depending on how you look at it, either seven or nine.
0: <laughs> or purple.
3: I mean depending on if you view the teams as one person or two. So um yeah, so either, you know, so between between seven and nine. Uh, so it'll be you know, and then uh you know, and then like I said, Carl is sort of you know, Carl click from K two and I'm sure that he likes me saying roast and Carl click and K2 in Rick Emerson show over and over again. I uh, just
4: got something from Todd that says, Sarah, if you thought the listeners were mean, wait until you hear what the other roasters have to say. Rick, put a helmet on.
3: Fantastic. No, Joni said the thing. was like, wear a cup, dude. So it's all it's all very thrilling. So that is happening uh, one week uh, from today. So uh, so do save the I day. I'm to get thing. me
4: a fancy dress.
3: Yes, you do, Sarah. See, we have a we have a lucky actually that we can just uh mm-hmm. we can just go to Mr. Formal, one of our very fine uh get, sponsors, and we can uh, go and get all tuxed up there.
4: And then you get praised all night just for wearing the same thing Seriously? that every fancy guy does. <laughs> it's like you don't look at him and wow, you look so good tonight, Rick. No, you don't, you're wearing a generic black suit, dude.
3: Rick, you look fantastic. that's uh, it's, it's so, like as though I picked it up myself. Exactly.
4: And so I have to find a dress, I have to find like jewelry, shoes, accessories, everything.
3: Like Tim and I somehow designed the concept of the tuxedo.
4: And you guys will look sharp and then I have to like yes, put this we whole will. thing together.
3: That's and the the other and the other thing is so Tim and I were talking about this yesterday that so we you know we're gonna go and need to, to pick out the uh, you know pick out the tux and put it on and so a not only do we get credit uh, for being much more stylish than in my case than I certainly am uh, but also they do all the work for me and also tuxes are relatively speaking are pretty cheap that's the other thing it's like when you see somebody in a limo and they're trying to be like look at me I'm in a limousine I have seventy dollars you know and it's like they and it, it's like the Like, the amount of of credit that person gets for style is so wildly out of proportion to the work they've done. Because it's like the tux place does all the work. Like, they figure out what to buy and what styles to get, and they figure what's in every year. Is it double-breasted or single-breasted? Like, they do all of that work, which I guess is a great endorsement of them as a place. Where I just go in and I go, tux me! And they just, I stand there, and the guy measures you, and he goes, How do you dress, sir, left or right? And then he puts the tux on me, and then I'm good to go. You know what it means. Well, in any event. Uh, I don't know what it means. So the listener party's a week, from, uh, a week from today. So there you go. Uh, yeah, so Steve Alton tomorrow we will get uh, calls here in just a second. Um, we should talk about Richie. So I have here in my hand this Rolodex card right here. This mm-hmm.
4: is Richie's special birthday present, it right? Is. And so,
3: Richie, today we are giving you the gift of mental health. Uh, so we need to call this guy and figure out a time today that's going to work. Uh, so I don't know what time. done with all of
4: our before two. So. Yeah, we
3: have Peter Carlin though. That's the thing. Is
4: he in studio? No.
3: So oh, the therapist? No, Peter Carlin. No. Uh, here's where we have: Steve Castam, Jim Rook, Dorothy Carcassari, and Peter Carlin. So it's it's a little bit of a day. Uh, so uh, but we have this therapist who will come in. He has a bachelor's in psychology and is a practicing mental health therapist um, and addiction medicine specialist. And uh, so he will come in and uh, and analyze Richie's particular brand of crazy. So we just need to figure out when we want him to come in. So we can talk about that. We'll figure that out. Mm. So happy birthday to you, Richie, in advance. Uh, let's do a couple of these uh, calls, and then we'll... Uh... Uh, hello, hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hello, sir. Oh, boy. For the love of Christ. Hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
4: The phone is the way it should be.
3: Are the phones actually. Is it, is it on there, right, no. Hello, hi. Can you hear me, you know, here or anywhere or in the back? Well, all right, thanks. Well, we're off to a flying start. It's fantastic. Anyway, so. Here,
4: why don't I try calling?
3: <laughs> why don't you call me from the other side of the room, Sarah? All right, I'm all right.
4: Who are we trying to reach?
3: Well, we were, we were trying to reach the callers who were right there. Because I think they were going to tell us what collate meant, because we're now 20 minutes into the show, and then hold on, let me answer. Why? Richie, don't, you don't need to... Richie's busy Richie, screening it. Richie, it's me. Richie, you're listening <laughs> to the program. She's right here. here. Just put her on hold. Thank you. Why, hello? Hello. Oh, okay, you're so you are there. All right, okay, so it's just the callers who weren't there. All right. Okay, Well at some now point, we can take a big breath. At some point, somebody will call and tell us what it means to collate. I oh, don't... Kristen
4: Bowie actually wrote me if you'd like to know right now.
3: No, I don't want to know right okay. now. Okay. I wanna I wanna wait. I like delayed gratification, Sarah. Uh so <laughs> Creepy. you know what I'm talking about. So I still
4: don't know. I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to be weird. I don't I don't know what it means if you dress left or right. What really? does it mean?
3: Um okay. Have you seen the movie? Have you read the book The Firm by John uh, by John Grisham? No. Because he describes it in there. All right. Um there um uh... Well
4: I'm sure since you're dancing around like this it has something to do with <laughs> Yes.
3: Yes, it has it has something to do with that. You just did like a little downwards Y motion. It's like you were doing it with the YMCA dance but upside down. Um it, it uh, um it means uh when well, they, they when they fit you for the pants? Yes. It's i it, it's like is that to the left or to the right?
4: I never yeah, I guess I never really thought about it. You have to choose. But they do say sure there's
3: this whole sequence. I don't think it's in the movie, but in the book, The Firm, where he's getting fitted for the first like really expensive suit he's ever had. And the guy goes how do you dress, sir? I
4: have seen that movie. Okay.
3: Yeah. How do you dress? And he goes, what do you mean how do I dress? How do you dress? To the left or the right, sir? And he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? He goes, and, and the guy at the suit shop who's like having to do with his toothless rube, you know, is like, um, your member, sir, is it to the left or to the right? And you'll actually hear guys call and ask, like, how's it hanging, Tom? And Tom goes, left so there you go so I don't think they really do that like it uh, you know like unless you're like going like to to the home of the Brooks Brothers and saying you know hello hi give me a suit so maybe they do I don't know let's see if these calls work hi <laughs> huh? you're on the Rick Emerson show hey Rick Get it out. what's up hey <laughs>
5: hey I found out how to make a hormone
3: Are you uh, hold it you found out how to make a what
5: How to make a hormone a hormone
3: Did this involve not paying her? Wah, wah. Oh, you broke
5: the joke.
3: All right.
4: Goodbye. All right. What is with It's crazy in the air And what is with what's up?
3: I should have known it would have been an old joke. Oh, God. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. I haven't even talked about the dog person that came to my house last night. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show.
5: Good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Tim. Hello. Good morning. Hey, uh, a couple of logistical questions. I guess maybe I've missed them because I I do have a job, sadly, and I can't catch every last nano moment of the show but what time do the doors open at the crystal ball 7pm 7 7pm 7 and being that I'm um, whoring up my uh, girlfriend uh, with a uh, Catholic school girl outfit um, is this going to be mostly a standing are you going to have tables like you know, I guess what a, what I would envision a roast like a nightclub well let's
3: back thing? up for a second you're whoring your girlfriend up with what uh, a, a Catholic school girl out there. Oh, okay, all right. There will be uh, seating uh, until the roast section, uh, segment of the party is done. So, in other words, from the beginning of the party, I think, all the way through the roast, there will be seating, so you're not obliged to be standing there watching some people talk on stage for however long. Once the roast section of the party is done, the seating will be cleared away. Uh, okay. to make it a more open space. But, yeah, during the roast, there will be seating, so she is not obligated good, good. to stand for an hour.
5: Well, that's what I was going to say, because although I've never actually stood in, like, nine-inch Toledo heels, I can only imagine that's yeah. probably not the most No, no, no. We did,
3: there w- we did take that in, into account or consideration or whatever the word is. So, during the roast segment, there will be seating uh, provided, yes.
5: Okay, and one final question. Uh-huh. Based on the... the um the massive amount of alcohol. No. Parties that I've been... No. Yes. The underestimated um, manpower that the venue needs. Have we dealt with that?
3: Yes, we have, as we say uh, every, every year. Look, we're going to have more. Boys. It, here's the thing. Uh, Susan Reynolds and I sat down uh, with the people at the Crystal, who were very cool, by the way, and who have never, uh, never let us down in the past. Um, but we made it very, as they would say in the breakfast club, crystal clear to them uh, that you must... <laughs> Must You must have a full bar staff and lots of bars. So I think they're going to have at least three full bars going the whole night uh, with the appropriate amount of wait staff. That will be dealt with this time. Yes, sir. All right. We'll see you there. Thank you. Well, let's do one more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hey, Rick. Hey. Hey,
6: collate means add up.
3: So Take, how would a, bunch
6: you... of, take yeah. a bunch of random information and add it up and, and and see the big picture. So
3: can you collate documents? Yeah. Well, what does that even mean? So, if I have a whole bunch of documents in front of me and I collate them, does it just mean to put them in a pile or to analyze them?
6: To analyze them and add up what what they mean. The sum up, total of their knowledge. A, yeah, add up the sum total of their knowledge and find out what you're looking for.
3: Excellent. All right. See, and I've been using that word just sort of colloquially, and I never knew what it meant.
6: And I wanted to, uh, and uh, Richie and yeah. his mental problems. <laughs> yeah. He 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 has no mental problems. He's a child. Ah, this his problem.
3: <laughs> so you're saying for for a five year old, he's absolutely normal.
6: For about a ten-year-old, he still uh-huh. lives at home. I mean, he runs around with a group of guys, you know, in the posse. I mean, the guy is a is, is a child.
3: He's an adult adolescent, sir. Yes, yeah.
6: oh. and, and and he's a call screener at a radio station. What else other proof do you need?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great, Rick. All right, thank you, yeah, sir.
6: Anyway, yeah, R- R- Richie is just twelve. So, wish you, wish you him
3: know. a happy twelfth birthday. Okay. No, no, no! Don't no, do it. Wish him a happy birthday. Oh, boo! All right. Uh, we should say this, and let's let's do this too, and then we will take a break. We'll come back. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum, We have uh, more calls to get to. Uh, Tim Riley preparing his news. So uh, we have it. I apologize that this took till today, but there was some logistics, some paperwork, things that had to get handled, and whatever. So we have now. The list of uh, winning bidders uh, for the Sleep Country Pajama Bowl, uh, which is benefiting the Trillium Center, which is mental health services, not for Richie, uh, but for foster children. Uh, Sarah has a bowling team. I have a bowling team. And we were taking um, sort of bids and people, you know, buying spots on the team. And so it took us a day to sort of get everything sort of correlated. Uh, But here we are. So uh, my team will be Ben Galvin, Jeff Klein, Rob Peacock, Scott Landerville, and our good friend mailman Chris. Sarah's team, Ruben Resonant, Greg of Canby, Caver um, Illalisa, two last names, Michael Flores, Bill Burkett. So there you go. So thank you to everybody who uh, donated, everybody who pledged, everybody who talked in a bid. Uh, those are the winning bidders uh, for the Sleep Country USA uh, P- uh, Pajama Bowl, which is happening Sunday, May 18th. You can find out more at uh, sleepcountry.com. So, all right, let's take a break. We will come back after this. Steve Kastenbaum, your calls and uh, more stuff of things. <laughs> All right, here's... <you're... gasps> Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Coming up later on today, top five songs about crossdressers. Uh, Dorothy carces from the National Enquirer, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian, and uh, we'll get Richie some mental health. Uh, hi, you on the Rick Emerson Radio. Uh, Steve Carstem, I'm coming up here in a few. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program.
1: Hey, good morning, guys. Hello. Good morning. Um, I have a, a big thank you to, to give to you guys. Um, this is Steve from the band Five Times Fast. Yes. And I called a while back and said, hey, let us play your roast. And you were very kind about it. You were it very all.
3: persistent.
1: Well, I, I hope I wasn't a pain in the neck. Well. Um, you know, but, you know, persistence gets a job set. No, no, no. no.
3: And all kidding aside, you, uh, you had uh, talked about uh, performing at the party. And and I, it's also my fault because I was kind of a slacker in getting back to you about it. And so I told Sarah, literally, there was like 800 messages like, so just let me know. Oh when, yeah. Whenever you're ready, just let me know. Right oh. here. So.
1: And I, and, I, and I acknowledge the fact that you're a busy guy, and I I, I wanted to be just persistent enough to stay on the radar. But yes, sir. Anywho, I got off the phone with you, you, and you said, "Hey, send me a link." And all of a sudden, I realized we don't have a link. So I got on MySpace and created this this page really quick, and and, and just jammed it all together. And, and um, will fast forward a couple of weeks later. And we got contacted for a gig because of this fire you lit underneath me. Excellent. So um, I just want to say thanks a lot.
3: Well, very cool. I'm glad. I really, you know, I am. Uh, I'm glad that that worked out for you because when you had said you'll send me something, and then that does, I think, actually happen with some people where they're like, I'll get you a you know, link to our page right now, and then you, you kind of look at each other and like, you thought the bass player did it, and like the bass player thought the drummer did it, and so. Right. Excellent. Well, congratulations, sir. When's your uh, when's the show?
1: Well, it's tonight at, at the Mount Tabor.
4: Oh, are you playing with Bitch and Summer
1: and My New Vice? Oh, I wish. No no we're playing with Grinch. <laughs> oh they're at the Hawthorne Theater. No they're at the Hawthorne Theater on Friday or Saturday.
3: All right so uh, so what time is the show?
1: The sure. show starts at 9 um Short Fuse will play first. We play second. Then a band called Stag Rot, and then this uh, Stag you know, Rot. I know.
3: <laughs> I don't even know what that means. All right, so uh, so coming so tonight at nine o'clock, you will play second five times fast at Mount Tabor, which is up at the forty no fiftieth and Hawthorne.
1: It's yeah. not 50th, like Well, not everybody
3: knows where it is. Well, yeah, up, it's up it's, on it's
1: a Stone throw from the Space Room.
3: All right, excellent. Congratulations, sir. I,
1: I, and again, I'm you know I, I know I wrap this plug in, in a thank you, but I do mean thank you for lighting the fire. So oh. I appreciate that.
3: Not at all. Best of success to you, sir. I
1: appreciate that. Have thank, a good time. Bye. Thank
3: you, friend. Friend, there you go. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City. Seeing our radio correspondent, Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir.
7: Hi, how's life? You know, I welcome your show as an opportunity to, to get away from the, the uh, really just bad news that's all over the world, and I, and I welcome my moments on your show. Just to, to get a break from all that. You now can... I want to. I, I know we're supposed to talk about the news, but I want to know what this guy's band sounds like.
3: Um, it's sort of a power pop kind of a band. Uh, sort of you know like a heavy sort of guitar pop. I mean, that's a terrible way to describe it. But I, uh, um, you know, I know bands hate when some other guy starts describing them as sounding like blah 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 blah. Right. Um, but you know, if you think of some of the classic like sort of uh, if you remember the uh, the old band the raspberries, sort of an updated like 21st century raspberries, much heavier guitar. Cool. So yeah yeah not uh, not bad at all. So the schedule was such that we were not really able to put it together with uh, you know the listener part of it's coming up and everything but uh, but I'm glad to uh, glad to hear. I mean look, you know, I admire anybody who takes uh, their own creations and is willing to get on a stage and perform them. That takes uh, that takes more guts than the average person has. So
7: So definitely. We and moments like this remind me that there are still things uh, that are fun in the world.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, because you're just—you got a whole bunch of just—it's like death and just hideousness that you're covering. Because you got the the Myanmar thing, and then, I mean, and and as much as I like to make fun of Al Sharpton, that of course is also rooted in something where this guy got shot like nine hundred times by the cops or something. So is it it, it? it says on the prep sheet it's kind of worded a little vaguely. Were you there as Sharpton was sort of arrested yeah. or handcuffed or whatever?
7: Yeah, I was there. Uh, I was dealing with that yesterday, and it was a pretty chaotic scene because the um, the the well, the amount of people that were there was a large group of, of demonstrators, and uh, a big segment of them were willing to take part in this act of civil disobedience and blocking traffic at the Brooklyn Bridge uh, to bring attention to their um, absolute frustration with the system and the acquittal of these detectives and the shooting of this guy, uh, as, as he left his bachelor party, and he turned out to be unarmed, uh, and and there were just as many members of the media there as there were demonstrators. I feel like, and we just really took a beating as we were moving around and trying to get close to, to Sharpton and and the, the fiance of the guy who was killed, and it was it was pretty crazy. I, I got a bump on my head from a from a battery from the you know those big batteries in the back of the TV camera? Right. Oh, when they hit you in the head. Oof.
3: I and I, you know, I don't, I don't live in New York, so I don't pretend to sort of know the ins and outs of how everybody's responding there. But I, when this, when the verdict first came out, I, it sort of seemed like the general impression was that the, that not everybody was fine with it, but that the community was not going to respond with any sort of, you know, really that there wasn't going to be violence, there wasn't going to be any protest, there wasn't going to be any sort of organized civil disruptions going on. It, it seemed like initially things were going to be pretty smooth.
7: Yeah, and they're waiting for the Justice Department to decide whether or not they feel there's grounds for civil rights uh, civil rights violation charges in this case, and so that's why they want to keep this story in the headlines and keep it in our conscience, uh, conscience, 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 consciousness, <laughs> consciousness, uh, keep it on our minds. How's that? I'll use the easier one. Yes. Ones. And uh, uh, so they'll they'll do things like this from for, from now until the Justice Department comes out and, and talks. So yes, yeah, so I was able to get close to Al Sharpton. When he hadn't talked to anybody, and I, and I just was so fed up and frustrated with the with the actual logistical situation I was in, I just pushed my way through a line of cops and, and uh, security people for Sharpton, and I just shoved my microphone in his face for, for about you. forty five seconds before he uh, actually got arrested. Do
3: we have? Do you have the audio for, by chance?
7: Yes. Yes. Hold on. I shall bring that up. Here it is.
6: People have nonviolently risked arrest to make a point to the federal government. After the John Bell verdict, after the Tiredo shooting, I mean, it's just too much. So, in the spirit and teachings of Dr. King, we come to nonviolently say it's come to this point. If we raise it to this level of attention, ask the federal government to step in.
3: You know, i, I got to say, I run so hot and cold on that guy, because I think there are moments where we as a country are just like, God, I'm so... T- would he, Would you please go live in another country so we don't have to see you anymore? You know what I mean? Really, like, would you just... Like, There's that. there's that Simpsons episode where they're dividing Springfield up into the people they want to save when the earth implodes and the people they don't. And, like... You know, the spaceship of the people they're saving, it's like Stephen Hawking and, you know, I don't know, you know, the Dalai Lama and Lisa Simpson. And then there's this other ship that's being shot into the sun. And that has, like, Homer and Bart and Rosie O'Donnell and, uh, you know, and Spike Lee. And so, I mean, they're... There really are moments where you're just so sick of hearing Al Sharpton say anything and sick of seeing his face. But then you kind of, then I come back to, you know, sort of being in his corner that I like anybody who sort of sticks it to the system. I like anybody who kind of gums up the works, you know what I mean?
7: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, they're going to be gumming up the works here for uh, the time being, I'll tell you that. Yeah. And 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 you wonder if he's going to head down to uh, Philadelphia. Did you hear about this other uh, police incident? No.
3: Oh, wait, these are the cops that have been suspended, right?
7: Yeah. Uh, you know, they're having a, a hell of a time in Philadelphia. Uh, they, they have a, a police sergeant who very sadly was shot to death uh, just a couple of days ago. His funeral's tomorrow. So the police there, they're all stressed out. And then there was another shooting unrelated to the shooting of the sergeant and, and cops witnessed it. It resulted in a police chase. Anyway, a uh, TV helicopter was overhead when they, when they caught up with these suspects, pulled them out of the car, and, uh, over a dozen officers literally proceed to start kicking these guys while they're down on the ground and hitting them with, uh, nightsticks before they place the handcuffs on them. And it's all caught on video. Uh, of course. Yeah, so it's now starting to raise, uh, furor. Uh, ferv- I can't even. Speak and is this,
3: is this, in, this is in Philly?
7: This is in Philadelphia, and, uh, the funeral for this police sergeant is tomorrow. So, you know, the, the, the best guess is that, you know, people w- will, Sort of wait until that funeral is over and, and before they start, uh, you know, demonstrating against
3: it Well, them. it's not like Philadelphia is a real, you know, there, there are deep divisions in Philadelphia to begin with. It's, it's not like... It's not like Philadelphia is a city where it is not necessarily the city. It is the city of brotherly discord uh, to a great extent. So that's another one of those cities where you just get the sense that it's built on such a fragile foundation. It
7: hey, really yes. is. There is there is a great disparity between the haves and have-nots, and and it falls along ethnic lines in in that city. It really uh, does.
3: All right. Well, uh, I know that you got a busy day, but I, I have to tell you that I'm always glad a that we can put a smile on your face. Thank you. B that we can be some sort of respite uh, for you as you go about your daily travails and. You know tribulations um before we go, I will simply ask you a pop culture question that I myself need the answer to. I wrote this down last night because I was having a discussion with somebody. I had this whole thing where I was going to grow a beard, and then yes. I decided not to because we got this listener event coming up, and you know, I, the listener event is the wrong place to be sporting nine days of growth, you know because it's like you're sort of in between a rock and a hard place there facially speaking so But I was talking to somebody about the kind of beard I wanted to grow. And was it just going to be a goatee or a Van Dyke or is that the full beard or a trimmed beard or the George Michael beard or whatever? And somebody said, are you going to have a beard like Bluto on the Popeye cartoons? And then that led to this thought. When you watch those old old, uh, Fleischer Popeye cartoons, there's a guy named Bluto and then there's a guy named Brutus. Are they the same person?
7: Oh, that's a really good question.
3: Yes, it is, Steve Kastin, Mom, That's the kind of question at which this program excels. So there's Popeye, there's Sweet Pea, there's Olive Oil, but then there are the two guys who look almost identical, just these big sort of fleshy lummoxes with beards, and one of them is Bluto and one of them is Brutus, and I don't know whether they're the same guy and that was just like lazy writing and animating that they somehow got tagged, you know, they got tagged with two different names, or if it is in fact two different people.
7: That's a really good question. I'll have go. to go back and watch now. I'll have to go online and check it out. You know, as you talk about beards, I'm watching CNN right now and I see Wolf Blitzer and I'm, I'm asking myself the question, what's Rick going to do if he has a, an overabundance of gray hairs appearing in the beard?
3: Are you, uh, well, actually, and I do, by the way. There's no, uh, there's no if about that because I gave it like an experimental three days of growth last, uh, two weeks ago. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, it wasn't so much any salt and pepper. It was just salt. That's all that I was. Know. So, that's okay. I'm zen with it. I can embrace my advancing age.
7: Really? Yeah. You see, that would that would, for, that would cause me not to grow the beard.
3: Now, can I just tell you this, and this is my final observation that we have to move on from talking about only- hair, yeah. Uh, and I know you've got like, I know you've got death and despair to get back to. So, um, I will say this. There was a guy I work with who I will not name who came by my, again, I had been having this whole discussion about how my beard had sort of grown out and I'd seen that it was gray. And I'm, I'm actually okay with that. I don't, you know, my hair turning gray didn't really bother me. But this guy came by my office and he's like, he's like, yeah, well, you know, uh, it's like, uh, you know, the really unpleasant thing is my, uh, my back and chest hair is turning gray now, and I'm like, why would you come by my office to tell me that? He had no other business. He didn't need anything. It's not like he needed any sort of actual help with anything. His sole purpose in coming by my office and standing in my doorway was to talk about the changing color of his back and chest hair.
7: Yeah, I think I think uh, that it's not something that you needed to hear. Number one, but number two, when that starts happening, I think y- you just got to go smooth.
3: Yeah, that's and that's a, that's information best kept to oneself, you know. Yeah. Stay uh-huh. between between one and one's, uh you know, one's, one's spouse, I would say. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Steve. Well, buckle down and enjoy the rest of your day to whatever extent you can, sir.
7: Did I miss the bowling event? I just realized that.
3: The bowling event? No, uh, it doesn't happen
4: until next Sunday. Sunday,
3: May oh. 18th. All
7: right. I have time. Okay, good.
3: All right. Thank you, my friend.
4: Take care. Bye now. You have it. time? Wait, what does that mean? I don't know.
3: Is Steve on bowling <laughs> with someone? I
4: don't know. No. Is he on one of our teams? I realize he's kind
3: of delirious today. Did you get the feeling he wasn't quite all? I mean, I'm
4: getting the feeling that like every single person I've talked to today says that they can't really speak well today yeah. and that their heads are low. I can speak
3: fl- I, flying.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, go on for you. Uh-huh. How did you start the show? You're like, it sings and stuff.
3: I, I was speaking. I was speaking good. <laughs> Christ. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, Rick. Hello. Hi, you. Hi, this is Bob. What's up, sir?
6: Hey, I've got to a you know, quote from Office Space that was pretty accurate. I also have the, uh, dis, uh, the uh, definition for collate.
3: Okay, but what is the actual quote from Office Space?
6: The actual quote is from Milton Waddams. He right. says if Sandra is going to listen to her headphones while she's filing, then I should be able to listen to the radio while I'm collating.
3: Ah, okay. I knew have it came. Reasonable volume? I was told I could listen to the radio with a reasonable volume. I, I knew that it came from <laughs> Miltonson. You know Miltons, big squirrely guy? All right. Uh, mumbles right. to himself? All right. Yes. Okay. What else do you have, sir?
6: Well, the actual, uh, for, for that instance, I think, in office space, and when in my office, at least. Well, the definition of colon is to gather or arrange in their proper sequence.
3: Okay, so it, it sort of so it has kind of a fluid definition depending yeah. on the circumstance or context.
6: Yeah.
3: Excellent. All right, thank you, my friend.
8: Yes, you're welcome. All right, there you go.
3: Well, the thing about Steve is you just get the feeling, Steve, it's like those days where Rupa's been on the clock for 40 hours. I get the feeling that Steve is just, I mean, it sounds like he was in the middle of just a police melee, and he's covering, I mean, all kidding aside, he's covering this thing in Myanmar where there's like 100,000 people who are dead or something, and then he's you got the feeling that they're going to send him down to Philadelphia for these other cops that have been caught on film beating some guy into a pulp. So, and Philadelphia is just, I mean, I've, I, and I
4: reporter. Being a reporter sounds like a really tough job. It sounds like equal
3: parts excitement and suck. You know well, what and I mean? You have
4: to, and, like, when other people can, like, mourn when something bad's happening, you have to sit there and report it. And, and just you suck know, it up. be unaffected. Totally. Uh, let's
3: do uh, one more. Hi, you're on the
4: Rick Emerson Radio program.
3: Hey, Rick, Tim, sir. Hello, hi, Hugh. Mm-hmm. Happy at Month. Is it? At, uh, oh, that's right. This month, the serial killer calendar is to yeah. Edward Gein.
6: Although I'm partial to John Wayne Gacy.
3: Okay, uh, fair enough. That would last bless, month.
6: God bless Susan in the suits for supporting the Rick Emerson brand, first of all. Yes. And is I good. think it's being re- uh, right reflected in the new list of advertisers that's showing up.
2: Yes, it is, sir.
6: And speaking of that, I went and saw Spencer at Powell's last night, Cedar Hills Boulevard. Yes. And we Googled and he even called the, the big cheese to... Try to remember the name of this radio book you're reading.
3: Okay, I got an email. This is how great, uh, and we should take a moment to talk about this. Uh, this is a brand new advertiser, Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing, which is a fantastic right. place. It's at 3415 uh, uh, Cedar Hills Boulevard, is where Hall and Cedar Hills Boulevard connect. Um, I got an email from Dan. You should mention night.
6: Rick that it's right in the middle of the Cedar Hills Crossing if you, because there's so many entrances. Just go to the Middle East side, and you can get in
3: right away. And it does actually speak volumes that even I was able to find it, and I'm a moron. So right, right. Uh, so I got an email actually late last night uh, from Dan. Thank you so much. Uh, and I answered it back because he said, hey, we had some guy in here looking for that radio book. So that would have <laughs> been, been you. Uh, yes. The, and I emailed back, and I sent him the information. So uh, for future reference, the name of the book is Raised on Radio okay. by Gerald Nachman, N-A-C-H-M-A-N, Gerald okay. Nachman. Uh, Dan now has that information, so uh, he is going to be. Uh, if they don't already have it in stock, he'll be getting yeah. it there. So he they're going to go.
6: do a whole table of stuff that you're reading, you and then the rest of the cast. I court. think
3: they're going to do a as heard on/slash recommended right. by the Rick Emerson show, yes. So,
6: so then I went around the corner to Golf Galaxy to explore this Ryan Reynolds look-alike. Yes. Which is right around the corner, you know, in case it doesn't work out. Right, let's all Golf go stalk
3: a, the guy at Golf and, Galaxy. And?
6: Uh, he's a pretty good-looking dude. He's about 6'3 and a half. Great. Uh, I asked him, nice you know, for him. are there any other guys around that maybe fit this Ryan Reynolds deal? And he said, no, everybody else here is old.
3: Great. Well, now all we need to do is find a girl who looks just like Scarlett Johansson to go bone him.
6: <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> well, Sarah can look like Jan Crouch. Creepy. She can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> now I have a pledge challenge idea for the bowling deal.
3: All right. This And then this really, I hate to do this, but this really then has to be right. the final segment of the it's call. Real
6: fast. Uh, fish bowl behind you for gutter balls, a dollar. Per person, throw it in there as you've got her ball. That can only cost us 40 each.
3: Oh, I see. And so so as I sort of snuff it, everybody right. tosses a dollar. and a fishbowl
6: right. for Sarah for strikes.
3: She All can right.
6: only cost us $24.
3: All right, fair enough. We'll put it in the pile of suggestions, sir.
6: Okay. Thank, Thank you, you have my a friend. Great day. All
3: right, there you go. Uh, yeah, they're going to do a table at uh, Powell's at Cedar Hills Crossing. Uh, that is just uh, the books that we here on the Rick Emerson Show have have enjoyed or recommended or, or whatever. So uh, I think they're putting that together today, actually. So that might actually, if you go go by that Powell's at Cedar Hills Crossing, you may you no promises. You may see that up today. All right, we should take a break. Tim Riley, have ye news for us? Oh yes, yeah. very exciting. Uh, When we come back, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Later on, James Roop, Dorothy Carcasseri for the National Enquirer, Peter Carlin for the Oregonian, and a mental health expert to help Richie deal with all of his many shades of crazy. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Emerson Radio Program. It's 503 through No one heard that. 503 three seven three 32970 It's the weirdest thing because as I was given the phone number, I was listening to this music bed that's playing right here and I started thinking about... I got this. This is how my brain works. I got an email like six weeks ago. From somebody saying, hey, what is that lower register piano music bed you guys always play? And I think he was referring to an Eminem song. And so now every time an Eminem bumper comes up like this, I, in my brain, go, I wonder if this is, that, you know, this is the song the guy was talking about. And then so as I was trying to give the phone numbers now, another wholly separate part of my brain was analyzing this music bed and trying to uh, sort of break out and analyze all of the different instruments that are used in this song. None of which are piano, so it's pointless anyway. Jesus, here's Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And
0: now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Children, go away. A tire restaurant is banning cancer from under 6. The red tire offers fine cuisine, fresh ingredients, but youngsters under the age of six are no longer allowed. Is this a Portland restaurant? The Silverton.
3: S- really? Yeah. Wait,
0: Silverton. what is the
4: name of it?
3: It is the Thai Red Room. I don't think I go to Silverton. I mean, not a lot, but I go to Silverton pretty frequently. Where is Silverton? Uh, it's uh No, it's that way.
4: <laughs> I don't know. it's <laughs> is out, it more that way it's or It's out that by. Way? It's
3: out by like uh you know I think I think it's out. It's way past Malala. Like if you know where Mount Angel is, it's near Mount Angel, or uh I think it's out by by Triple yes, Falls. it's near C- Salem. Yeah, it's like way out. It's it's it is a tiny little picturesque town. It's kind of the. I've closest... heard you
4: talk about it before. Yeah,
3: it's it's a great place, but I've never gone there. Okay, fantastic. I'm gonna go there the next time uh, Laura and I, are in Silverton. So apparently, some of those patrons used to
0: bring their children. Some were well behaved, others were not, and some parents didn't pay attention to their kids and didn't care. Therefore, everyone's gonna be punished. Now, but see no more kids under six.
3: But this is gonna be one of those things where then some tight ass parent is gonna file a lawsuit about it, right? Yeah. And then that is going to, and then here we will come here on the program. We will again have one of those conversations that has no satisfying resolution, where we try to figure out if it's legal to kick people out of your restaurant, and then and then everybody will call up and have a different answer about it, and we will end no smarter than when we started. So. But,
4: I mean, what about the, refu- you have the right to refuse service see, to we, anyone? But, see, we've talked
3: about that, and there seems to be no answer. And everybody calls up, Rick, here's the deal with that, we have the right to refuse service sign. The fact of the matter is, but then, like, no one knows. Because if they have a
4: right, then it has to come from something.
3: But I don't think you can, though. See, yeah. that's that That's that thing about uh, when they say you have, you know, we, and it always says the same thing. We reserve the right to refuse service to anybody. We've had this discussion, I think last year sometime we had this, because there was some restaurant that had it up. Um... Because you couldn't do like you couldn't just say uh, today I will serve no white people like that. You couldn't do that. I don't think. I don't think it'd be legal. And yet at the same time the restaurant. Well, if you did in Portland, it'd be empty. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point, Tim. Uh-huh. So it would be impractical as well.
0: Yes. <laughs> I can't top that.
3: Here's Tim Riley.
0: Oh, did I tell you our little visit today is brought to you by our best friends at Fox 12 Oregon. No, Tim, what what sort of services do they provide? They have. Fantastic news beginning at 4 o'clock. Wonderful. It is the earliest newscast that you can possibly watch. That is
3: fantastic. I
0: mean, right when you get home, there it is. Fox News at 4. Fox 12. It's it's first live local they're on the scenes. They present stories you can't see anywhere else. They're great people, Tim. They're fantastic. And they sponsor this newscast, so make sure you're watching the all-new Fox News at 4. First. Live, local, stories you can't hear or see anywhere else.
3: Thank merciful God for them. There's nothing quite like them. Nope. Anywhere. Not at all.
0: Uh So a uh, guy in Longview has died after hitting a power pole and rolling into a slough. Our rescuers quickly arrived, but it was too late. He was already dead inside. Apparently... He already dead inside. The impact
3: of... Uh, he, <laughs> he was got, already hopeless and filled with ennui. The,
0: the impact of hitting the power pole <laughs> killed him before he even went in the water. Oh. So uh, it happened on an industrial way in Longview. Traffic is a detour, so you uh, plan to go to Longview. There are a few ta- traffic tie-ups there.
3: I do like the idea that he was already dead inside, though. He was already dead inside. <laughs> you sort of get the feeling he just has sort of a blank, listless expression as he's hitting the pole. Mm-hmm. All right, here's Tim Riley. That's oh, how I want to go.
0: Malala High has a day off today because somebody had a bomb threat there. Right. That arson is suspected in a fire at a Woodburn school building. It was torched last night, and police think kids are behind it. It started around 5 o'clock. Witnesses say a group of five kids dressed in dark clothing were running around the school late last night. They appear to be 12 to 14 years old. Uh, this is a uh, food storage facility right behind the French Prairie Middle School on Newburgh Highway. You know, kids are behind everything. The fire started in an outhouse. Kids still have to use an outhouse? <laughs> where? where? At
3: school. Woodburn. Woodburn's not that far away. Woodburn, as I say with everything, is just over there. Yeah. It's... An outhouse, really? An outhouse. It this...
0: started in an outhouse.
3: Now... It's um, spread to a
0: building causing uh, okay. costing
3: thousands of dollars in damage. Uh, uh, how do I put this? Uh, Woodburn... Well... Uh, is this, uh, what kind of a school is this?
0: This is a... Uh, let's see. It is
3: a school district building. But is this is an actual, uh, legitimate, paid for by the government school district building. The taxpayers. yes. Yeah. Because if you go to Woodburn, uh, there are... Um, large numbers of temporary or perhaps uh, transitional workers.
4: Residents, tran- temporary, temporary residents. Temporary um, residents
3: who perhaps. Oh, guests. That's one way to put it. Uh, who are uh, there during certain times of the year for seasonal work. And uh, they uh, and there are Christmas sort of. Help. Ma- yes, exactly like Christmas help. Uh, like elves, Tim, mm-hmm. uh, and, and they have uh, the sort of
0: elves that make it a hollow
3: tree. They have sort of ad hoc uh, communities that they set up where they live. But they this isn't covered wagon. This sort of this doesn't sound like that though. This sounds like an actual r- real school though. Is, is, where well, there's an outhouse. That's the thing I can't get. This doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't at
0: all. Well, it's burned down now. They're gonna have to build a new one.
4: Okay. Unless it's like out, you know, if like uh, some high schools have separate, like where they have the track and field and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like so it could be further away from the schools. Maybe they have outhouses out near like But I think trash. the
3: phrase outhouse denotes, I mean, that's just a, that's like a, that's just a restroom. That's like an outdoor, you yeah. know, that's a bathroom that is not located attached to a central building. It's I mean, an outhouse is a thing with like a plank and the moon-shaped hole in the door and a copy of the Farmer's Al- Almanac hanging on a hook. Yes. All right, well, whatever. Well, maybe, that, maybe not for the outhouse. And by the way, that's got to sing- be a singularly unpleasant smell when somebody burns down the Woodburn outhouse. I guess um, they
0: wanted to see wood burn. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, they did, Tim.
3: Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, kids. Hi. All
9: right, here's the deal with a restaurant. They can refuse to serve someone as long as it's not based on what the Supreme Court calls a protected class, a discriminatory reason, their age, their race, their religion, their national origin, those kind of things you can't discriminate on. Anything else, somebody's a slob, somebody's loud, kick them out.
3: Can you discriminate based on somebody's haircut?
9: No, you cannot.
3: Well, that doesn't make any sense?
9: Well, that's the way it goes. You talk to uh John is, Paul Stevens about it.
3: It's country this country to make any <laughs> sense at all to me sometimes. Uh all right. Okay. So as long so so it's not that we have the right to discriminate. Uh, we have the right to refuse service to some.
9: To some as long as the Supreme Court says it's not based on a, you know, a faulty discriminatory
3: reason. So can a restaurant keep out kids?
9: Uh that's
3: it. Are you a lawyer?
9: I I am what is known as a recovering attorney.
3: Okay, so right? you, have you gone to law school?
9: You yeah, know, I I practice law for ten years. Oh, okay. Well, all you right.
4: can't discriminate against age, and they're saying children six or under isn't that age discrimination?
9: Uh, well, age discrimination is usually for people who are fifty-five and older. Actually, it's, <laughs> I think you could probably say no to kids and get away with it.
3: All right, but it's one of those things that somebody will have to. There will have to be some nitwit parent. Who wants us all to suffer along with their ill-behaved rugrats? Who well, will file a lawsuit, and then the court will have to make a decision.
9: I'm a nitwit parent, but I'm not that much of a nitwit parent. Well,
3: I, you know, but you know what I'm saying. No, there, I
9: don't want there's places kids don't belong.
3: There are parents who have, uh, let's just say it. There are parents who have awful children. And because the parents suffer, they've decided that when they go out, we will all suffer along with them.
9: Whenever my kids yelled when I was in a restaurant, I immediately, when they were crying, you take them outside. Tell me right. you have to respect somebody else.
3: Yeah, That's that's exactly what I'm saying. All Sorry. right, it's thanks, a, guys. Love your show. Thank you. It's a shame that a few bad apples have to spoil it for everybody, though. So, all right. There are plenty of them out there. It just seems like, uh, you know, there ought to be just restaurants for grown-ups. And it shouldn't have to be, I mean, I guess this isn't going to be an issue at the end of the year when they ban smoking everywhere, but going to say you shouldn't have to go to some smoke-filled bar to be around other adults. And I don't mean to sound like a cranky old person, but Jesus, I just don't, you know. I mean, you'd, 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 it would be nice to be able to go into a restaurant where there's just, three feet away. And just I
4: specifically a... request sometimes. Sometimes I just can't do it. I'm like, not in your children's Have place. you
3: ever, has anybody here, have you ever spoken up and asked a person to deal with their child? No. I never, I don't think I've ever had the guts to do it. You want to, but you just don't have the guts. Because you never know what some psychotic parent is going to move over put a fork in your thorax.
4: The closest I got was during that um, Indiana Jones screening with that older woman and her child behind us. He was narrating the entire thing to her the whole time. Uh, And Bobby was, or Fatboy was sitting next to me, and I'm just like looking at him. I'm like, holy God, I'm this close to snapping. I almost did. I turned around and gave dirty looks, but I didn't say anything. And
3: you're always afraid that the parent's going to come over and, you know. uh, know My little angel? (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you mind your own business? Did you get all that hair. Here's Tim Riley. Let's do a uh, snuff watch. Here's your snuff watch for Thursday on The Rick Emerson Show.
0: Well, he was a popular country artist. But he crossed over to um, many different fans. Eddie Arnold, whose mellow baritone on songs like Make the World Go Away made him one of the most successful singers in history, Uh, died this morning days short of his uh, 90th birthday. He died in Nashville. I think I have one of the songs here. I think he's being introduced here by Minnie Pearl without her hat. I just think of
10: Eddie Arnold as a country love song. Ladies and gentlemen, Eddie Arnold.
0: So he would make the ladies swoon.
2: Make the world go away.
3: That was probably one of his. Yeah. I think he was. Somebody told me that he was second only to George Jones, I guess, in terms of like country hits or country whatever. So, the country music industry, I think, especially at that point in time, is unique in that you will hear about all these country artists who had, you know, 500 number one songs, and they put out 184 albums, and yet they have sort of been lost to time. Yeah. Because it's not like anybody here really even remembers Eddie Arnold all that well, unless you grew up listening to it or you were a DJ My mom or used to uh, buy all his albums. I think my mom had some of his albums as well. Uh and there's a lot of those guys where it's like nobody ever you know, what whatever, whatever happened to Marty Robbins well nobody remembers Marty he's Robbins. Dead. Yeah, oh he's I think he's he's way dead. Yeah. I think he's hella dead, but I but he's but he had a bunch of huge hits. Here's it. Okay, we can, let's Tim and I can probably do this really well. Mm-hmm. So um hugely successful in their day country artists that are now unknown to almost everybody. I'd say Charlie Pride. Mel Tillis. Mel Tillis, a hey, good one. That's a good poll right there. Jerry Reed. Jerry Reed's only known for Smokey and the Bandit at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see who else. Um... Red Sovine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're way better at this than I am. Uh, maybe I need more coffee because I'm compli- I'm coming up. Well, because
0: this. I've done so many nighttime request shows.
3: Yeah. And it's the same thing over and over again usually. Right. Ronnie Millsap. Ooh. Red Sovine. I don't think I can top that Eddie one. Eddie Rabbit. Uh, Eddie Rabbit. I think uh, uh, did the kids know Eddie Rabbit. Sarah, you know yeah. Eddie Rabbit sort of. Yeah. Uh, he was sort of pop enough maybe. I think Red Sovine may be the Boxcar Willie. Roy Clark, Roy Clark, Roy Clark, dead or alive? I think still alive. Buck Owens <laughs> is dead. Buck Owens dead? Yeah. Okay. Buck Owens dead. Roy Clark, who I quite like, uh, he is still alive. Excellent. Good for him. All right, I'm gonna try to do. I'm gonna try to come up with one more here. Let's see. Um, Red. Now I'm just stuck on Red Sovine. Come on back and talk to Teddy Bear. Kitty uh, Wells. Kitty Wells. Kitty Wells.
0: Tom T. Hall. Oh yeah.
3: All right. Okay, and we're done. Very All right. Eddie hey. Arnold is dead. Eddie Arnold, dead. Almost down. 90. Almost 90. Farewell to you, Eddie Arnold.
0: Here's Tim Riley. So I was forced to join the political party. Which I did a couple of weeks ago, and I already got my ballot in the mail, the brand new one. Yes. By the way, only use your new ballot and not the old one, because by now you've got the old ballot. And if you're waiting for the new one, wait for that one, because that's the one that counts.
3: So wait for the new one. Wait for the new one. How will the new one be differentiated? It'll it'll tell you what party you now belong to. Oh, I see. So it'll have your updated information. Yeah. We did that, so
0: Because if you do not belong to a
3: party, you cannot vote for anything, really, right. except for stupid things that nobody ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> Except for dog catcher. Was there ever any city where people really voted for dog catcher? Cause, oh, I'm sure. Because that's good. the whole thing. That guy couldn't get elected dog catcher. I don't think anybody is elected dog catcher. I don't think that's a thing that ever happens. So, all right, duly noted. Oh, and by the way, just so there was a whole thing about Hillary Clinton continuing her big push into Oregon, which really matters like less than nothing at this point. She's going to be at uh, Drinking Lincoln tomorrow. You know, somebody... Oh, on Saturday, I... I'm sorry. Tim, maybe you have this. Maybe you can answer this question. Mm-hmm. Somebody says... Since Oregon votes entirely by mail, they have no ability to perform exit polling. Do they bother to conduct independent polls in Oregon, or they just not re- bother reporting estimates at all? That's kind of interesting. I hadn't thought about that.
0: More than likely, yeah, I would say.
3: Maybe they do phone polling or something. Yeah.
0: Who's the guy that does all the sir, uh, Tim Hibbert or whatever's name? Yeah. It? Yeah. The K two guy.
3: Some is like call out polling, maybe. Yeah. If you all right.
0: Your phone. Oh, by the way. You don't need a $0.42 cent stamp to uh, mail your ballot back. A $0.41 s- one stamp will
3: do. You know, I think it's that ought to be... Doesn't it, didn't it irritate you that you have to buy a stamp for your ballot, though? Well, you can drop them off. But, I mean, doesn't it seem like that's a thing? That should be one of those postage, you know, no postage necessary if mailed in the United States. Really, what am I paying for? Right.
0: So uh, Hillary is uh, going to be here. Uh, let's see here. She will be the Solutions for America event with President Bill Clinton. Why, this is an old schedule that they sent me. So she's supposed to be at Lincoln High School, and it says here, Saturday, April 26th. Come on, guys. No wonder you're losing elections. You're sending a schedule <laughs> For to month. me from Saturday, April 26th.
3: Well done. Well, they have probably fired everybody who was doing that.
0: Well, it says here she's supposed to be here tomorrow, so probably
3: that might be it. But it says here, <laughs> April 26th. Wait, so where is she supposed to be tomorrow? She's at Lincoln High. Well, it, or, or was, or maybe not now? Well,
0: it said go to the website for where she's going to be tomorrow, but it says Saturday, April 26th at
3: Lincoln High. That doesn't matter. She wouldn't talk to me anyway. Nobody's uh, going to show up anyway. No. Well, I mean, the thing is, I'm almost tempted to go now because I might distinguish myself by, you know, being there. And
0: Obama's not any better. They say he's going to be here, but they don't say where, when. He doesn't care about us.
3: No. Uh, he knows he's got it in the bag. Let's see here. HillaryClinton.com. I'm going here right now. HillaryClinton.com. Oh, God. It says, thank you, North Carolina. Yeah. Why is she thanking North Carolina? She th- she's
0: been she's been told by um, you won
3: that she won there. No, no, no. The TV says I lost. No, no, no. You won. Look away. Look away. Uh, contribute. Click here to contribute. No. Uh, let's see. Well, how do I just skip this and go? I'm I'm on her website now. I don't now, know how she's going to pay back that 11 million dollars she she lent it to herself from an account I don't know. Uh, so. Well, you know, I have a question about this. So Barack is just raising all this money, hand over fist. Yeah. So when he's the nominee, does that just roll over into the general election fund, do you I suppose? So. Cause and and I And I always wonder this. Do you wonder this? If you raise a ton of money and then you win the election, the general election, and you still got money left over, do you have to give that back to people or do you just keep it? I don't think anything's ever left over. I Maybe not. Maybe that's the whole thing. Just trying to spend it all at the end. It's like Brewster's millions. Drive Hillary's campaign to victory. Uh-huh. By making a contribution today, join Team Hillary, make phone calls, find, find events, travel for Hillary, be a hillblazer. Ugh. Hillblazer is youth for Hillary. How about a hillbilly? <laughs> oh, 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 hey. Oh, if only you thought of that a few months ago. You might have won. When she was relevant. <laughs> Design Hillary's next t-shirt. Oh, that's so tempting.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm clicking on that right now. Design Hillary's next T-shirt. Done and done. Uh, okay, while that loads...
0: Trying on the way to the bank.
3: Uh, let's see here. the five billion, please. Okay, let's find upcoming events near us, uh, within, what, ten miles of us? Do you think the average person is going to spend this much time...
0: No, trying to find out where she's going to be. No, and
3: shouldn't it shouldn't be on the shouldn't the website be able to figure out where you are based on your IP address and just tell you Hillary will be yeah. in Portland. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I mean it seems like you go to a lot of places on the net and they already know what city you're in because you see personalized ads. You hear that, Papa Gala? Well, It's a little bit too late. Yes, he can His phone's been disconnected. Find. All right, we're
0: still trying to find out where Hillary's going. To what
3: be. is today? Today is Thursday. The eighth. The eighth. Um Friday the night? well it is um let's see she's supposed to be here tomorrow. It is Salem um lesbian gay bisexual and transgendered Hillary call out night in Salem. Well, uh, I heard that Chelsea is going to be visiting a lesbian bar here this weekend. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Chelsea Clinton? Yes. Why would why would she a be? bar yeah. or like so, or like oh, a gathering place? A
0: bar? Pla- a bar. Oh, only... another website.
3: I'm totally going to put on a wig and go. I'm totally going to go Richie? just so I can scope it. Richie, I need to dress in drag. Um. All right, we have to find out more about that. Oh, let's see. Salem. Salem. Okay, I'm. this is, first of all... Are you uh, still trying to find out where Hillary's going? I am. Uh. I'm, let's see. Sort by... This is so difficult, really. I'm not going to say this is why she lost, but come on. I'm trying to find out where I can go stare at Hillary Clinton. And there's just nothing here. Well, I think it's time to give up. I mean, I'm for who? There other election. For me or for her? Well, okay. You. Done.
0: Close. Both of you are wasting too much of everyone's time.
3: <laughs> Sorry? Let me Wait just... me? No, no, I think that was me. Oh. I'm <laughs> wasting everyone's <laughs> time. All right, but the... I am going to bookmark this thing though where it says de- where it says design Hillary's next t-shirt. I'm going to put a link to that on my website right now. And all you have to do is uh, is upload your JPEG. Oh, that's fantastic. All right. Uh, well, never mind. Enough of that. Then here's Tim Romney.
0: Uh, so Hillary today is in Charleston, West Virginia. She thanked the supporters for sticking with her.
4: People really know they need a president again, who's going to focus complete attention on making sure you have the jobs that'll give you the living wages that'll give you a chance to have a better life.
3: I mean, it's I don't think like she's close to tears. Yeah, right? and I know she's not going to um, she's not going to get dropped out till June, but. It does. I heard June 15th. It makes you wonder if she has just, because despite what everybody has said, it hasn't really been a blowout. I mean, it's been very, very narrow almost everywhere that they've run. Well, what happens is she can't catch up. Right. Now, that's the thing. And it's a numbers game. It is. The delegates are just so far out of her grasp right now that she'll never do it. She has amassed so much of the popular vote, though. I mean, less than Obama, but still such a huge... I mean, it's not like he was beating her 75-25 or anything. So it does make me wonder if at some point he will though, still simply be told that she has to at least be offered the number two slot. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think so either, but it just seems... Because,
0: you know, the Clinton era of the Democrats are over. Whoever's going to take over the Democratic Party will have nothing to do with that group of
3: people. you, You would think so, but it's like I just... McAuliffe and... The, the ball guy. Don't you, don't you just feel like the Democrats love losing, though? Yeah. You know, like they just, no, 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 let's get somebody that no one has ever heard of who will bring nothing, who will bring no votes. So, I mean, I don't know. It's like I really think that at this point the best thing that could happen to the Democratic Party is just to be, be leveled somehow. You know, it's really is like the Democratic Party is like that Austrian dungeon where we've all where we've all been trapped. We've all been trapped in just a cellar full of losing. And so I think the House and the Democratic Party need to be torn down, paved over, and then rebuilt from the ground up. So it will be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Hillary is starting to feel the pressure to leave.
4: I really believe that we can create at least 5 million new jobs from clean, renewable energy. And those jobs will be good jobs. Jobs that can't be outsourced. Jobs that can really support a family.
0: Everybody would be recycling garbage. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Carter went on the uh, th- the Tonight Show for some reason, and said that a lot of his family members have already decided. How Hello. about your grandchildren? They have they picked somebody? Yes. Who do they like? We have eleven of them, and eleven of them are for Obama. Oh, okay. Yeah.
9: <laughs> so
0: it sounds like you they might have, have four children. Yeah. and
9: Four of them.
3: Uh huh. Obama. Why is Jimmy Carter going on the Tonight Show? They ran out of guests. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of, of those. Go on the Tonight Show. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Carter's like those. Uh, I don't even think they still make this magazine. Did they make that radio TV interview report? No, Do you know that so. magazine? Yeah, I get a copy of it at home. I think you gave me a copy from the 50s. I mean, and it just sort of. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. We're talking about different things. That's that sort of fan magazine. Oh, is that radio or TV mirror? They're, that's radio TV mirror. Radio TV interview reporter, RTIR, um, was this magazine that would come out uh, bimonthly, come out every two weeks. And it was about 100 pages long. And it was just nothing but page after page after page of guests that you could book on your show.
0: Oh, yeah, I remember that. I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah,
3: and it was organized by category. Like, were they writers? Were they uh, actors? Not one was ever worthwhile. No, they were never good, ever. And, I mean, the, it was only really ever good as a gag. Like, if you wanted to get, like, a, like, name that mystery guest or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but that you could, when you would read it, the, I would, I'm gonna see if it's still around. Uh, when you would read radio, TV, interview report, it would say, it would have the headline. It would say, you know, so-and-so is available to discuss daisy growing. And then it would have his picture and a picture of his book, you know, How to Grow Daisies, and then it would be a discuss- and then his content info. And you would see this at the bottom all the time next to the guest. It would say, available as a last-minute guest. And really that was like if you were some terrible talk show host who had nothing to talk about, you forgot to do any show prep, and you were completely uninteresting on your own, you could book that guy to fill an hour of your radio program. And that that was a guy who was just sitting at home, wait, staring at the phone, waiting for it to ring, so he could be a last-minute like time filler guest. Um, radio, TV interview report. Let me go to. Let me go to uh, Yahoo. I think the subscription was free. Yeah, why? Well,
0: Maybe we should get it back
3: again. Oh I haven't my, seen it in a while. Have you seen this picture of Clay Aiken? No. Oh my God! I just went to Yahoo to uh, to look up the radio, TV interview report. When did Clay Aiken start looking uh, uh, like Chastity Bono? Oh, that is. Good. Okay, you have to. Come yeah, he's pretty bloaty. No, no, and and girly. I mean, like more so than normal. Ow! Look at that picture of Clay Aiken. Doesn't Clay Aiken look like a full-on woman? He looks okay. like Tipper Gore. <laughs> totally, I can see that. Sarah just rammed her knee. In. Oh, that hurts!
4: Oh God, we I mean, get this thing out of here.
3: What are you talking about? Oh, all stuff. the teeny other celebrity stool. Yeah. Well, that you can't see anything in here. You never know what
0: you're oh, walking. Oh <laughs> man, that hurt! And I
4: just got rid of a bruise on that knee.
3: Yeah, yeah, you Ow. can, yeah, you could be walking right at the edge of a precipice over there. You wouldn't even know it. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna look up the radio TV interview report. Here's Tim Riley.
0: Uh, so I want to talk about this uh, woman of Texas. Oh my
3: gosh, I just hit Yahoo and up came that same picture. Yeah, it's horrible. Uh, you know what it is? Clay, Aiken there, looks like Tipper Gore or. Maybe the younger sister of that um, Steve Kajigugu guy, or whatever his name is, Kujagawa.
0: And right under him is the world's ten most annoying singers.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, hello, Clay Aiken. How are you? Among them, Celine Dion, I agree. Yeah. Who is a Lily Allen? Lily Allen is that girl that we all thought was Amy Winehouse Didn't for a while. Did she think Smile? Yeah.
0: Uh, Scott Strap of Queen Creed. Uh, Michael Bolton was number one,
3: and deservedly so. Yeah, I would say that there are singers more irritating than Michael Bolton. I I mean, so. think he, he comes to mind first. He does, though. Uh, all right, so I am, apparently the radio TV interview report does still exist. Here we go. Good, we need it. The magazine that producers read for guests and show ideas. Need to find a guest? Yeah. Click here if you're a member of the media seeking experts to interview. You bet. All right, I am clicking here. This website, by the way, is... This is like one of those like they put together and put it together in Microsoft. Okay, here we go. Microsoft Front Page. Uh these are their their boy these are their their marquee guests for today. Um how to handle your mother-in-law. Wow. Uh types what, what's a mom mom-pre, mompreneur? Mompreneur. Mom-preneur, mom-pre, mom-pre, mompreneur. Is that like an entrepreneur but it's a mom? What's a mompreneur? types of businesses mompreneurs represent okay what else do we have um we our categories are let's see let's look at music Ooh, and then morning zoo topics there's a whole category for morning zoo interview american idol top six finalist carmen rasmussen um let's see um be careful what you put on your ipod learn about the power of music these are all guests um dr elmo um dr elmo announces his farewell tour
0: now available year-round for interviews yeah <laughs> now available always um play aiken packs on 30 pounds of body fat to become clay bacon
3: <laughs> did you ever see this did you ever see a guest that you yourself would like to interview but you know that no one else cares about it and so you almost are tempted to schedule the interview but just look at your home phone number yes. No 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 this is the radio station well this looks like a This just looks like a residential number. No, 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 that's my home studio. Just call me tomorrow. We'll talk. When? Whenever. Uh, Right here. Ron Dante. He's the voice of the Archies and produced Barry Manilow. He was the guy that sang lead on the Archies hits. Oh, Sugar Sugar? Sugar Sugar. That's Ron Dante. He sang lead for the Archies, and he also produced all of Barry Manilow's early hits. I realize no one else cares about that. I myself would love to talk to Ron Dante. I'm going to see if I can just book him to call my cell phone. Can we ask him who is the one who is Veronica in that song? We could. Are you saying that you want us to interview Ron Dante? Yes. Okay. Just done and done. Who says the radio TV interview report doesn't help? All right. Ron Dante, the voice of the uh, the voice of the Archies. All right, I'm done reading this. Except the, except all of the except of course every other guest because these are for hack radio shows. Every other guest is an astrologer. So all right, here's Tim Riley.
0: Oh, so Obama's going to be in Beaverton
3: tomorrow. Really? Yeah. Well, that is those are his people. Some factory. Yeah. All it's right. White people work. That's what I'm saying. The no, that I mean really that's. Where can, I find, uh, where can I find smug people on their way from a new season? go to Beaverton. All right, here's Tim Riley.
0: Press workspace is not available. <laughs> That's what it says here. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I was busy anyway. So let's talk about this uh, woman from Texas who became a multi-zillionaire when she won $21 million playing a Las Vegas slot machine. 58-year-old Connie Thiel had put in $150 in one megabucks machine at the Palms Hotel and Casino. When she decided to take a chance on another one-armed bandit.
6: And then I walked around and played the other machine. There was absolutely nobody playing them. And I walked over, stuck $20 in. Up, and the yeah. first pull...
3: She won $21 million. And this is in Vegas? At the Palms. At the Palms. Uh, that's like when... It, but that's the thing where all of those slot machines in the various casinos are all linked together, aren't they? Like yeah, the pro- sure, like progressive slot machines? All plugged into the same extension cord is. I I think that there's some like when you see those quarter mania slot machines I think the deal is that they're all it's like uh, radio stations do the same thing not surprisingly radio stations will do these national contests uh, where you'll hear the radio station guy go would you like to win five hundred skillion dollars call one eight hundred blah 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 and then you hear the sort of the, the, the disclaimer, you're playing against 9 million other people in 14 other states. Now, I've heard that disclaimer before. Yeah, well, that's what it is, because radio stations will do this, and it's a way to make it sound like they're giving away a ton of money. And really, it's like Clear Channel does this all the time. I don't think
0: there'd be anybody listening at 718 in the morning to win any contest anywhere anymore. <laughs> Probably not. That, you know, the program director's in his 60s, and he still thinks it's <laughs>
3: 1977. Period. And the, pro- the program director, of course, is, is you know... He's, he's sitting there trying to do the uh, trying to do like the big you know like the big the big ratings booster for that for so that hand period. Hand out some
0: bumper stickers.
3: <laughs> Can we get you to go stand at a fair and hand out plastic buttons? So I remember the, the big contest, the radio contest that I remember. The one that always sticks out is when Kiss FM in Los Angeles gave away a Miata every day. I don't know why, but that's the one that I always remember, and that was in 19. 19- well, almost from the 90s at some point, but I remember they had these billboards up where KSFM was giving away a Miata every single day, and I think the era of stuff like that maybe is waning a little bit. Uh, but as budgets get cut, you'll hear radio stations do this thing where they they make it sound like they're giving away, you know, our radio station is giving away five million dollars. But of course, you you really have to listen hard to realize that you are playing against every other radio station that, like in this case, Clear Channel owns. See, you're playing against people like twelve hundred other radio stations worth of listeners. Um and I think that's what those slot machines do. When you go to Vegas and it says like Quartermania progressive slot machine, like forty nine billion dollars. I, I think it's every single slot machine in of that type at all the casinos are all hooked into a central system. Uh it's just it's a little misleading is what it is. Uh hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello.
6: Hey, Sarah. Yes. Do you really, with all the Easy Mac and vodka you consume, do you really expect us to believe that you've never been hit in the knee with stool before? That is an explosive combination.
3: I don't even know Not funny. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Here's Tim Riley. Boy, did I I regret that we stopped down the whole show for that. I know. Here's right? Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. From Kelso comes word, the
0: girlfriend of the man accused of driving his truck through a crowd of children at a softball game in Kelso last weekend. Says her boyfriend tried to kill her just before the rampage. He goes, "Uh, you need to pull over. So I pulled over, he came back to the passenger door with a rifle and said, drive. (laughs) Leaning over to close the door, he was like, bam, 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 shooting at me, and I felt the roof of my mouth fall down. Uh, Her boyfriend... Adam uh, Aaron Strader shot her eight times before she ran into an apartment complex for help. Wow, she got shot eight and she
3: could... Oh, wait, the so war. not... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not... And then to... he drove through the softball field full of children. I'm try- Well, he wanted to make a day of it. I'm not trying to make light of the story, but when you said... You were reading the story just now, and you read her saying... Then he was like bam bam bam. I thought maybe he was just goofing with her and literally just saying bam bam bam. No,
0: this like, is no goofing. He shot her every times.
3: Like he had the gun and was sort of like screwing around like. I mean, she's still walking around. I mean, she's no picture of beauty anyway, like, but like she, he was like he was just sort of looking at her going like pow. Oh, wow. Is that is that after the shooting or before? I don't that's know. A, well, that's a big hole in her face. I, I, wonder... I guess so. Uh, she's going right. to mullet. <laughs> so we we shouldn't poke fun. Um so she's been shot eight times, and she's still just up and around giving interviews?
0: Yeah, she's a tough woman. Yeah, there's some people who are just, it, it
3: seems like they are especially resilient to gunshots. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, well, there you go. Where's she? in municipalities. It's, it's a way of life. Is she from Gresham? No, Kelso. Where's Wait, where's Kelso? It is Longview Kelso? Is Kelso a bad place? I think that's in
0: eastern Washington, isn't it? is it? it? So uh, they're like the, the, twi- the Twin Cities of unhappiness. <laughs> <On> <laughs>
4: it's the like near the, pri- <laughs> near the Tri-Cities, maybe? <laughs> maybe. I don't I really know. Tri-Cities are uh,
0: further over.
3: Oh. oh, by the way, speaking of the Tri-Cities, remind me, during the break I'll get it. remind me to show you the worst Christmas ornament in the history of ornamentation. Uh, and it is from Kennewick. So, so uh, you
0: guys forgot because our lead story was about the guy who uh, died inside when he, he rolled into the slough in Longview. That's right next door to Kelso.
3: What is a, sl- a slough of what? A
0: slough is a body of water, like a swamp. Is that that word that's spelled S L O U G H? Yes. I that, thought that, that
3: was word. slough. No, no. That's a slough.
0: I thought a slough, into a slough I thought a slough was
3: a whole bunch of something.
0: No, no. Well, I got me a slough of Doritos, and matter I'm going to eat them all. I think that's a different spelling. I think that's S L E W.
3: All right. I don't really care. He was dead inside. What does it matter? Mm-hmm. All right. And so she this was. Is shut-
0: almost like that discussion of how. The snow gets into the (laughs) reservoir. (laughs) Well,
3: you know, these are the things that people. These are the things people care about. And by people, I mean me. All right, here's Tim Ryan. And
0: we do find the answers
3: to these things Yes, eventually. we do. Well, we never got an answer to the Popeye.
0: Did you hear my Popeye question? I did. They're the same one. I, I don't know why that changed. Maybe the original Bluto sued Max Fleischer. <laughs> I'm going to sue you. I don't even know how Bluto talks. That's about right.
3: Is that? A, can I tell you this? In the Max Fleischer cartoons, he kind of mumbles. Let's, let's talk. Let's... Um, the Popeye cartoons are really weird. When you look at them now, I mean, even his cartoons go there. Yeah, there's lots
0: of stuff going on.
3: There's, I mean, there's just, but I mean... Popeye himself, even as cartoon characters go, is some weird mutant. I mean, it looks like he's all roided up, uh, and he's uh, you know he's got those weird forearms and the jaw, uh, and so, and I wonder if the spinach thing came from a sponsor. Do you suppose that came from an advertiser? Is that why Popeye eats spinach to become strong? these you well, suppose? I guess they had
0: to find something,
3: and I guess it couldn't be crack. Uh, so there's, and then there's olive oil with her strangely boyish figure. And then there's Bluto, who I think was first, then it became Brutus. So I wonder if that is one of those, just it's like a continuity glitch, uh, like how Barney Rubble's job changes from episode to episode. If Bluto and Brutus really are the same person, but it was just like, the guy was late turning in the script one day, and he goes, what's that guy's name? Billy Bob? Bleckenstein, Brutus? You know, and they yeah, Brutus. And they just wrote it down and, and went with it. Uh Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Are you calling about SLU, Kelso, or Brutus? Kelso. Okay.
11: Yeah, you guys really need to look at a map once in a while.
3: <laughs> well, that's not going to happen, but go ahead.
11: <laughs> Kelso Longview is only like an hour north of Portland.
3: But, I mean, I guess what we're asking here is, is it a bad place? Well, it's not a
11: bad place, but it's... It's, it's, a, it's a lot like Clackamas.
3: And... <laughs> it's not a bad place. It's just a lot like Clackamas.
9: Yeah, it's right up there with, you know, Gresham and so... Clackamas, you know. It's a place where everyone
3: is dead inside.
9: Right, pretty much, yes.
3: All right, thank you.
9: Yep. It's not a bad oh, place.
4: Hell, though, I drive through that. I'm, I'm, and just
3: like Gresham and Clackamas. But every it's a...
4: time I go to Bremerton.
3: Hey.
6: The for Popeye the Sailor Cash in his hand right off a whale Stand in a row, What's happening now?
0: Go, this is the now, first Popeye the Sailor the cartoon Which had a scene.
6: Oh, Betty Boop's in this
3: one Popeye the Sailor
12: That's her. His hand, the
3: whale, Can I ask you a question about Betty Boop, Tim? No. <laughs> <laughs> was, was that you answering? Was that like you barking yes? That was Bluto or was it Brutus? I don't really know Can I ask you a question about Betty Boop? I'm not an authority on Betty Boop. Uh, My question is this. First of all, I heard, this is always a thing that I heard. I think this is like a trivial pursuit question or something. I heard that Betty Boop occasionally in her cartoons would go topless. Is that true? Is that a thing you've, uh, you've I heard? I don't think
0: that happened, because there would have been the censors by that after 1933. I suppose. Maybe, possibly
3: before that. Maybe it was in a comic book of some kind. I've always heard that there were risque Betty Boop cartoons. Oh, I'm sure there are. And do you find Betty Boop to be creepy? Yes. Because she's simultaneously, like, okay, and I'm, I know that she's fictitious, but I'm saying the character. Is the character of Betty Boop an adult woman or a girl?
0: An adult, the, the voice is based on a... Movie star from the early 1930s.
3: Okay. Like a Clara Bow type?
0: Uh, the the voice would be the exact same voice okay. out of that character. All and right. very popular. Oh, I should,
3: I should know who this is. So she is modeled on a real person to some yes. degree. Yes, All right, okay. Sort of like how Jessica Rabbit was modeled on... Um, Not the body, just the voice. Just the voice. Yes. Okay, all right. So I find Betty Boop to be strangely sort of creepy because... Like she is sort of a prototype for Jessica Rabbit in some ways, mm-hmm. in that it's a cartoon character but clearly sexualized in some way with a very, a very with seductive mannerisms. I know I sound like I'm insane because I'm talking about Betty Boo, but I mean it's she. But she is a seductive character. She has a sexuality to her, which even as a kid it would sort of make me feel a little, uh, a little o- oogie. The whole thing. Oh, by the way, have you seen that that thing that's going around where somebody has. They did it with Homer Simpson and Mario from Super Mario Brothers, now they're doing it with Jessica Rabbit, where it's an incredibly photorealistic picture of Jessica Rabbit as if she were a real person. Hmm. Boy, that'll that'll make you question some things about yourself. Hi, ah, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, hey. Hey.
11: Is Brutus his proper name?
3: Well, but B- B- Bluto wouldn't be a nickname for Brutus, would it? I'm asking you. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really. I'm not a. not uh, i am not an expert on the etymology of uh, of cartoon character names. I think Bluto and Brutus are two different names.
0: Ah, all right.
3: Thank all right. you. All right. Uh, well,
12: Aaron
4: thinks that they're the same character, but um, the folks behind the early Popeye cartoons mixed messed up. Like they mixed up. So it's names. a
3: continuity mistake, maybe. Why did nobody catch that? I don't really know, especially because it's not like with a movie where you just say it and it's out there or on the radio or something on the cartoon, you're drawing it hand, drawing it frame by frame. It takes you nine months to draw it. I would, no one, you, have, you have the better part of a year in which to catch that mistake, I would think. I would say the continuity mistakes in a cartoon or animated film are almost unforgivable because you're working on it for years. All right, well, in any event. And you have to draw it. All right, let's take, I'm getting angry. Let's take a break. Back after this.
0: I don't blame you for being upset.
3: I'm just, I'm not angry. I'm just saying it's one of those little frustrating bits of knowledge. I want to get Max Fleischer.
0: Max Fleischer is dead. Well, then he should be easier to get. As a matter of fact, they closed down his studio and stole that cartoon away from him. Really? And and, and uh, had it uh, done by it used to be Max Fleischer Studios, then it
3: became Famous Studios. Wait, after he was dead, they took the property from no, him. No, well, he was alive, because he was doing Superman cartoons too, those really expensive ones from this the forties. Too, too much here to wrap my brain around. Back after this with Tim Riley. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Show. <laughs> go again here's another lower register piano song from eminem so now in the back of my head is this the song the guy was talking about because normally people say what was that bed you played there's like no additional identifying information given well whatever uh hey you see this thing about the new uh, new kids on the block song No. No. I'm very excited. The recently reunited New Kids on the Block's new single has been revealed. People.com obtained an excerpt of the tune,
4: Summertime. Yeah, because you and I had speculated on whether or not it was a um, cover of DJ Jesse Jeff.
3: Uh, Yeah, it will be officially released May 13th, which is when? That's next Tuesday. The New Kids will have their first public performance together on NBC's Today Show, uh, next Friday, the 16th, they're working on a new album they plan to release this fall. The boy band will kick off a concert tour September 20th in Montreal. All other dates include Toronto, East Rutherford, New Jersey. Wait, is East Rutherford, East Rutherford, New Jersey? Yes. Uniondale, Uniondale, New York, Boston, Massachusetts, Atlantic City, New Jersey, and Chicago, Illinois. Uh, you really need to say Chicago, Illinois. Additional concert stops are yet to be announced. Tickets will be made available to the general public. Uh, Donnie Wahlberg, Joey McIntyre, Jonathan Knight, Jordan Knight, and Danny Wood, blah, 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 blah. So, new single um, out next Tuesday. You said there was a sample? Well, the Today Show. NBC's Today Show had played as an excerpt. I would imagine it's probably online. You can probably find it. Oh,
4: yeah, I'm finding it. I must give it to the people. Everyone wants to know what it sounds like.
3: Summertime. I really hope they're not redoing that Will Smith song. Uh, I can't. Because that song was pretty flawless to begin with. That was an instant classic. Here's Tim Riley. And more concert news: Blondie celebrating
0: the 30th anniversary of the hit "Parallel Lines" album, and they're taking it on the road. Bred by singer Debbie Harry, they've announced a the summer tour, and they start in Baltimore and end
3: in Milwaukee. And it's going to go on for two months, but they're not coming this far west. You know, that's the whole thing, man, where you get those advances. We're reuniting and touring the East Coast, and then that's uh, that's it. It's like uh, I was looking at them. Um who was I? I was looking up some artists the other day, and it was like, we're reuniting for a brand new tour, which will take us to Japan and New York and Florida. and Chester,
0: West Virginia, to the Mountaineer Racetrack. Yeah. I like Debbie Hair. You know, she's still got a great voice. She still looks good, too. So, yep. I good. like the blondie. Good for them. Uh, Madonna's announcing she's going to go back on tour. Her new concert is called Sticky and Sweet. It begins August 23rd in Europe. The American portion of the tour begins October 3rd, and among them will be, once again, the MGM Grand,
3: and that'll be November 8th. Fantastic. I won't be here. All right. So, uh, duly noted, November 8th. I haven't been scuffed for tickets yet, but I think
0: the time is coming.
3: Now, is this going to be, now, at the MGM Grand to see a show like that, because... It's packed. I mean, is it, it, uh, relatively speaking, because I know it's Vegas and it's Madonna and the MGM Grand, are there any relatively inexpensive seats? I've never seen... And i and I and I don't know how many how many performance places are there at the MGM? Is just one or are there many? Does no, the MGM... no, no, no.
0: Because they have the Garden, which is the big one. Then they have a couple of smaller ones.
3: Is the, she at the Garden? Yeah. She's okay. Always at the Garden. Because the only thing I've seen at MGM Grand, I saw George Carlin there a few years ago, which is a big venue but not huge. Mm-hmm. So this will be at the Garden. So all right. So November ninth of this year won't be here. Is that a um, what day of the week? Or is, is that... that no? It's the eighth. I'm sorry. November. It is, it is a Saturday. November eighth. Well. All right. Fair enough. But well, I'm leaving Friday. Okay. So you I have to drop off the dog. <laughs> of course. So all right. Well, I you know, because it is to my undying pain and shame that I've never seen her. And every time Madonna's like the Rolling Stones. Every time she goes on tour, I'm like, this is the time this is the, the tour that I'm gonna get tickets and I'm gonna go and witness the legend in person. Mm. And just like the Rolling Stones, I miss them every time. One time this is the closest I ever got to seeing the Rolling Stones. I had the tickets in my hand. I had them in my hand. And then at the last – I was working in radio, and it was a, a lowly uh, the weekender, and it went. And I had the tickets, and of course, what happened? Somebody else called. and said, I'm going to the Stones, Rick. You got a cover for me? And I'm like, I didn't, but I okay. <laughs> oh, I hated that. And I never got to go. I I had the tickets in my hand, and some it was like the night guy or whoever he was. Like I'm going to see the Stones, dude. You got a cover for me? And you're a weekender. You're afraid to say no. You're like, uh, all right, I'll just sit here and cry. So, you know, they're all at the Stones concert, and I'm there playing Bachman-Turner Overdrive records for, you know, for idiots. <laughs> so, I mean, what are you going to do? Same thing I have Keith Richards. I, I had tickets to Keith Richards' solo tour. And, uh, you know, I didn't get to see that for the same oh, reason. Oh, a bummer. Yeah, Keith Richards and Izzy Stradlin, who is one of my favorite guys, they were touring together, which is a thing that never happened again, of course. Had tickets to that, couldn't go. Why? Had to work for some uh, some moron that couldn't, uh, couldn't make it to work. So this may be the year that I try to see those uh, those acts.
0: And uh, Rod Stewart says he has no plans to retire anytime soon. Hooray. Uh, the singer has three kids in their 20s, two oh. teenagers, and a toddler. How are you a toddler in your yeah. 20s? So He plans to do uh, several recordings, including a set of R&B covers.
3: Uh, yet another genre for Rod Stewart to destroy. It's not, a, it's not bad enough that he did that whole When We Were the New Boys record in which he destroyed a bunch of songs by Oasis. Then he did that Great American Songbook where it's like Cole Porter or stuff. Uh, so I mean I, I you know what here's the thing about, can I tell you something about Rod Stewart? Yes. Rod Stewart, we mentioned somebody else the other day that falls into that. David Bowie. I care for them, but wouldn't pay more than twenty five dollars, like Sherlock. Crow. Well, I, what is your what were you going to say about David Bowie? Because maybe it's the same thing I was going to well, say. Well,
0: I always hear that story about him and David Bowie.
3: Oh, I thought it was Mick Jagger and David Bowie. Oh, maybe and No, you know, it's, it's Rod Stewart you? and the soccer team. Oh, that's, that's the yeah. one I always heard uh, growing up. Rod Stewart and the soccer team. You know that story, Sarah? Mm-mm. Oh, you kids. And Alice uh, Cooper,
0: Al- he ate on stage.
3: Uh and I some versions of that story has Frank they have Frank Zappa involved as well. Oh. Um no my parents didn't hear that one. They just heard the one without Zappa and that was fantastic. You're not to have me banned. You're not going to see some fecal eater. <laughs> yes. Um so uh, the thing about Rod Stewart is I kind of I kind of, part of me dislikes Rod Stewart, but then another part of me realizes that I have no reason to. I mean, he's sung some rock and roll classics. He sang Maggie Mae. He sang uh, Do You Think I'm Sexy? Sang uh, Hot Legs? Uh, And then, of course, you know, the stuff with the, what's it, the faces or whatever.
0: He has a voice like Miley Cyrus.
3: He does, and and, and a head like a rooster. And so I just, I shouldn't dislike Rod Stewart, but I sort of do for some reason. I can't quite figure out why.
4: I don't like him either. He's
3: he's off-putting for some reason that I can't quite put my finger on. But anyway, well, whatever. All right. Not much you can do about it. No, nope, nope, nothing you can do. Are we done with the Popeye thing? I, I think so. I mean, well, here's what I've got about Popeye. It's um, because the woman who Olive
0: Oil is portrayed after, her name was Sazu. Uh,
3: Sazu Pitts? Yes. And that was her name?
0: And she was an actress in the early 30s. The producer used her hand-wringing and nervous speech pattern to uh, characterize the on-screen persona of Olive Oil.
3: Not a Betty Boop. No. Okay. So olive oil was based on Sazu Pitts. Yes. Okay. Oh, so, did I get them confused? So wait, uh, now we're back at the beginning. I oh, thought we were no. so close to being done. All right. So olive oil is based on Sazu Pitts. Yes. We are the only three people in the world who care about this, and Sarah doesn't even care that much. She's hilarious in Thumb Todd movies in the early 30s. Olive oil or Sazu Pitts? Sazu Pitts. Okay. Is Betty Boop based on a real person? Yes, but I can't remember who she Somebody was. told me that Betty Boop is based on Mae West. That, is, that not seems, I've heard before. I would buy that. All right. Bluto. Final answer. Bluto and Brutus are the same person. Bluto's name was changed to Brutus because they incorrectly believed that Paramount Pictures owned the rights to the name Bluto, so they changed it to Brutus to avoid copyright issues. Incidentally, um, Bluto was often portrayed as a fellow sailor vying for the attentions of Olive Oil. Brutus was portrayed as a generic villain or bank robber who showed no romantic interest in Olive, instead he usually took her hostage, leaving Popeye to rescue her. The end. Here's Tim Riley. It'll never be spoken of again. No, I'm gonna put this into the pile of things that can never ever again be discussed. Is
4: it gonna tell you something fabulous? Ah, uh. the New Kids on the block song is actually pretty decent. Well, you know, they're no fools. Yeah, it's it's cute. It's like a, it's like a reminiscing about you know like a summertime love.
3: Now, it's not the Will Smith song, man. No, no, no. Okay, good. No, but
4: me. it's like, it's it's totally boy band, totally, um, All right. like, 90s pop-ish sounding. All right. It's not bad. It made me smile. Do you have the whole song, or just an excerpt? Yes, answer? the we'll whole play, song.
0: Let's play it later on. Okay. We uh, need something to smile about in this cruel world.
4: It's true, Tim Riley. And
3: by the way, Oasis is going to be in Seattle on August 26th. So, uh, fellow Oasis fans, Don Sloan, Dave Zinn, I'm looking at you. Here's Tim Riley.
0: Oh, it's tragic. Uh, a Texas town is being swallowed by a giant sinkhole. What's tragic about that? This is Day Zeta, Texas. It swallows several pieces of construction and oil field equipment, a tractor, are hundreds of yards of property. A Corporal Bishop of the Sheriff's Office said the sinkhole is uh, just north of Day Seta.
5: It has grown in size. Uh, we're estimating about 600 yards in, in diameter, uh, anywhere from 150 to 200
3: feet deep. Well, don't you think. Don't you suppose that's what you get when you start sucking everything out of the ground? I mean, isn't that the uh isn't that kind of what happens when sinkholes happen, sinkholes don't just happen for no reason. Don't sinkholes generally spring into existence because somebody and by somebody I mean the man has gone in and they've just drilled or drained everything that was in the ground there?
0: Yes, they didn't listen to the Indians' caution. That's exactly what I'm saying. I, say. I drank your city. All right, here's Tim Riley. Tragic but true. Yes. Uh, AFTRA is now negotiating with the Hollywood Studios after talks broke down between the studios and SAG. Their chief negotiator, Doug Allen, said he expects AFTRA to hold the line and make some of the type of deals that his uh, union wanted, but we'll find out that happens.
6: Our proposals were developed jointly with AFTRA by a committee of actors from both unions that sees things very much the same way. In fact, our bargaining committee just met with their bargaining committee for an extended period to discuss in very precise detail how our negotiations have gone.
3: People are going to end up on strike anyway. Doug Allen says, hold the line. Love isn't always on time.
0: That's exactly what he said.
6: It will be harder, not easier, to get the momentum going again. We think that was short-sighted on the part of management. If the reason is they think that it will make the process easier or us uh, more malleable, I think they're they're underestimating our membership.
3: Who uh, wants to be an astronaut? So, wait, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> wait, are you, is this the part of the same story? No, it's a new one. Okay, but my, but my question for you is because you know these things. So, the, so the, the Screen Actors Guild, yes. I, I, those talks have broken off. Correct, for now. Who is SAG's sister union? That would be AFTRA. So, AFTRA, which is the American Federation of Television and Radio Actors, artists. 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 Mm-hmm. So, that those talks are still happening that's correct but you think everybody's just going to strike anyway yeah so when would that strike happen june so and is that going to screw everybody yes more or less than this last strike? well probably more because more because it involves the movies and movies are a lot worth a lot more than
0: tv programs
3: and and, and it doesn't matter and you can have because of reality shows you can have actors with no script you can't have script with no actors
0: right and, and well on, in reality shows uh people aren't members of a union they're just paid a simple fee as a matter of fact. During
3: the last writer strike, they lost like three million viewers that haven't come back yet. Oh God! Do you suppose, in your wildest nightmares, do you suppose that if if the strike, uh the actor strike happens, and like, here's a question: so Why do people? What what makes the difference whether you join? Uh, well, I guess one is television, one is screen. So if if this uh, the actor strike well, happens, well, no, you can, you can be on television, be in SAG. So how do you choose one union to the other? Is it just up to
0: you? Diff- different shows are under different unions.
3: Sort of like ASCAP, BMI. Yes. So if this strike happens, is there going to be some horrific possibility where, just as they replace scripted shows with reality shows, goddamn, can't you see Mark Burnett already just, just sharpening up his his knife to start making reality movies? Mm-hmm. Oh god! Yeah. Oh, we can't let that okay, we can't let that happen. We as a people have to stand up and say enough, Jesus! Because then it's just going to be like Slut Wars the movie, uh, right. you know, where every movie is replaced by some stupid hack reality show. Let them do it. You know, what is this? Well, it's The Hills, the movie. Jesus. The producers have made their bed now, and they can go lie in it. It's a bed, It's a burning bed, Tim. Betcha. All right, here's Tim Riley. So who wants to be an astronaut?
0: Me, that was me, my me. original question. Me. Okay, why does it come to do that? Uh, NASA's hanging up the help wanted sign because... People aren't applying to be astronauts anymore.
4: I think what we're trying to do is advertise the change that we're going through in the next couple years and how cool that's going to be. And uh, we'd just like to invite as many people as possible to try and join in with us. Well, that's just
3: lady astronaut Semi Williams. I didn't think they let ladies be astronauts, Tim. Yeah, they do. They can do anything now. I remember the one in the diaper who was chasing uh,
0: the, the
10: astronaut. She was having the affair with.
3: <laughs> Thank you for taking my small acorn of ironic comedy and making it into a mighty oak of comedic observation, Tim. Well, I, that's how I help move <laughs> things along here. I. Uh, it, how sad it is, by the way, that they're actually having to pitch the idea that being an astronaut is cool. I thought that was just sort of went without saying. Um, I mean, it's just we always wanted to be astronauts. You could drink Tang. Uh, I don't even see that around anymore. Well, Tim, you know. Why they, they uh, eat food out of a toothpaste container? Why pay for the whole space program when you can go get tang for free? That is true. so uh, I guess oh, God. I'm just making an observation about foodstuffs. <laughs> Sorry, <already>. so <laughs>
2: no, now is this for,
3: is this for regular astronauting, or is this for like that custom like the Richard Branson type of astronauting? No, no, this is NASA astronauting. This is the real astronaut. I thought they were getting rid of the space program. Oh, no, thought...
0: they can't get rid of that.
3: Thing. I but but I thought they were. I thought it's this... the government program—you don't get rid of things like that. Aren't they? Aren't they getting rid of the space shuttle? Well, they're making it a little bit cheaper. Yes.
0: I mean, you put your life on the line a little bit more. They go to the, you know, the cheapest contractors.
3: Yeah. I just I wonder if kids do kids. Do you suppose still grow up wanting to be astronauts? I don't think so. Or is it sort of the allure? Do kids just grow up now just taking it for granted?
0: Kids want to be serial killers and gang
3: members. <laughs> What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a serial killer or a gang member or possibly both. on am KCMD Portland. Uh, yeah, by the way, can I just tell you something funny? So I was uh, when I, we had that whole discussion the other day about guilt food and junk food and I was noting that occasionally to my unending shame, I will go buy um when Lars asleep I'll go to the store and I'll buy something bad like junk food and I'll eat some of it and then I'll stash it back in the cupboard. And then occasionally she'll clean out the larder and uh, I'll come home and she'll like have my guilt food sitting on the counter like, well, whose easy cheese is this? Not mine. Um, But I remember at one point, I was going to say at one point, and it's even worse when you go to get some guilt food and it's not as good as you remembered. I went to buy a big box of, uh, what is that horrible cereal, cookie crisp at one point, which I remember kind of liking as a kid. Like maybe I'll get some cookie crisp. It's 2 a.m. Why not? And I bought it. And anyway, it wasn't very good. But I made this note to myself to discuss this. And I transposed the letters, and I realized that I had written down cookie crips, which, which struck me as really funny. And it was one of those things that maybe nobody else would find funny, although I'm glad you're laughing at it. But I sat, and I just giggled myself into oh, it. A... time for the gangster's kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Today we will be cooking cookie crips. Um, but, I, but I sat there, and I sat there and I laughed myself in, into a tizzy about it for about 90 seconds the other day at the, at the notion of something called cookie crips. Because it's like a little Keebler elf, but you know, but like with a gun. So, all right, well, in any event. Kids want to be serial killers. That's the lesson we can draw from today.
0: And by the way, if you want to become an astronaut, it is a serious commitment. The
4: training flow is a little bit long, but once they get hired, probably in about four or five years, they'll be going on their first flights to the International Space Station.
3: Now we they'll spin you around till you throw up. I was just going to say, speaking of great books, uh, have you ever read The Right Stuff by Tom Wolfe?
0: I must have.
3: Man, it's a great movie, but it is an even better book. The the book The Right Stuff by Tom Wolfe is just one of the best books I have ever read in my life, and it's about the Mercury astronauts, and it's it's so good. It is I mean, as much as I love Bonfire of the Vanities, The Right Stuff really is the definitive Tom Wolfe book to me, even more than, like, The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test or any of that stuff. But it it really, really is great, and that's all I remember from the movie, though, is the scene where they're, like, spinning what's-his-name, Scott Glenn around, and... Until he hurls that in the scene where they're like blowing into the tube and they have to keep like the ball aloft in that little vial of water or whatever. I wonder. This is, but this prompts another thing. Don't we always hear these stories about every eighteen months where it seems like every year or so they will put out the story about, and now regular citizens will be able to buy a trip into space for ten thousand dollars. But like it's never actually happened. Oh, they're, I think they're building the spaceship now. But they keep saying that. They keep saying like and Noel Gallagher, pop star from the UK has bought the first ticket on a commercial space Oh yeah,
4: wasn't Lance Bass trying to too? And yet,
3: like, well, I think he gave up or ran out of money. But they've been saying this for years and they're like, it's never happened. I don't think a citizen has ever gone into space except for that one time when it worked out badly. So I think that it's it's a thing that they keep teasing, but it's like it's never actually come together. It sounds like it'd be something boring.
0: What are you doing once you get up there? I don't know. There's nothing to look at. Would you go in, down here?
3: Would you go into space if you could? No. Like if somebody paid for it, if somebody said, "Look, you're gonna, it's not gonna be forever. You're gonna go for like a day. You will go up in space. Uh, you will, uh, you know, just like in the movies, you will orbit the Earth. Uh, you want to do a spacewalk? You'll be in the ship. You'll launch off the rocket pad. You'll orbit the Earth for like whatever a day, and then you'll come back down. Uh, would you do that, Tim Riley?
0: No, because once I get up there,
3: so what? I'm in outer space. <laughs> Realize you've forgotten something important at home. Yeah. Did I leave the iron on, hmm. uh, Sarah?
4: I wouldn't a second.
3: I just don't know if I would or not. I
4: absolutely 100% would.
3: I think I'm just a huge pussy. I just don't know that I could do that. I it seems it seems a little scary. So, I mean, maybe not as scary as like back in the day when you were, you know, running the risk of being incinerated every time you landed back on Earth, but yeah, I don't know that I'd do that or not.
4: Uh, I, really if someone was willing to pay for you to go into outer space, into the great unknown, you would turn that down? I don't even like
3: crossing really tall bridges. I it just I mean, I know that makes me sound weird, but I I think I would spend the whole thing just be the trip just being terrified. It's like when somebody says, do you want a parachute? No, 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 I don't. Thank you. I don't want to do that.
4: Well, because when I flew in a helicopter before, I remember being able to look down over because it was like a gla- like a clear bottom uh. and being able to look over the same because I'm, I'm petrified of flying on commercial airlines, but flying in a helicopter did not bother me one bit. I don't know what the deal was with that. I don't know. But, I mean, just being able to, like, have, judging from that one experience I had from being above ground and getting to see what it looks like from that perspective, I I would totally do it.
3: I don't know. I, I think that I. I don't know. I, I don't think. I don't think I could. It seems, it seems like a thing I'd like to do, but I think when I got, I think when they walked me up to the launch pad, I think I would go. I can't. And I think I would just run away. So it's like when I worked in Utah, they wanted me to do this wacky stunt, which sounds like a like a parody of radio station stunts, where they wanted to put a helmet on me, like wired up with a tape recorder, and they wanted me to jump out of an airplane. And I was like, Are you high? Like, there's no way. That's
4: something I wouldn't do. In
3: no world am I going to jump out of an airplane. I don't care how badly the client wants me to do it. It's not going to take place. You can't make me. I'm no Tim Riley. So, all right, here's Tim Riley. Your safety is guaranteed by Yakima Barnstormer <laughs> Airlines. <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing. Is like, you know, it's like, and, you know, and can we get me to wear something on your back that says Valvoline? No. No, you can't. All we right.
0: fly daily nonstop between Kennewick and Pasco. <laughs>
3: Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth.
0: Well, the Colbert Nation goes global as TV host Stephen Colbert interviews an astronaut, Garrett Reisman, aboard the International Space Station. Uh, Reisman was asked about a number of different topics, including something that everyone wants to know.
6: Going to the bathroom. How do you do that up there? Or do or do you not do it at all? Do they say to you, yeah. no, you should have gone before you left Earth?
0: And there's no answer.
3: Why do so many of our bites seem to cut off at the end? I don't know. Okay. Maybe we don't have the premiere package. <laughs> We've got the demo kit. To unlock all features of this, please.
0: And not mention that again.
3: Here's, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry
0: of Truth. <laughs> a preview of Britney Spears' upcoming return to CBS's How I Met Your Mother has been released to the general public. During her first visit to the sitcom, she played a receptionist, Abby, who fell for the main character, Ted. In her next appearance, set for Monday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Abby and Barney, played by... <laughs>
3: yeah, let me set my TiVo right played
0: now. ...played by Patrick Harris, will reunite in their apparent hatred for Ted and plant the relationship as a couple in front of them.
3: Can I tell you, I didn't listen to anything...
0: I mean, Neil
4: Patrick Harris and you Green got about Spears? four
3: words into this, and I was like I wonder if I well,
0: it's, it's one of the it's kind of like a geek watch I just continue to read till the sentence ends. <laughs>
9: <laughs> it, it's accompanied by a sound bite. Fancy
0: bumping into
13: you here. Have you guys met my girlfriend Abby?
12: Uh yeah hi Abby Hello. so uh so, so
11: you guys are dating now. That's right. I am done with this whole being awesome thing.
9: Now I'm all about farmer's markets and day hikes and matching khaki cargo
0: shorts. Kill me.
5: That's right. And <laughs> girlfriends are lame. Unless they're me.
4: I miss you, Ted. Love,
0: well, it's almost two lines.
4: Wow. Wait. I don't... I have nothing... I have, I have nothing. nothing
3: to say. It's pointless and it'll be forgotten by tomorrow. Is that a CBS program?
4: Yes, it is. Oh,
3: but watch that. And then,
10: um. <laughs> Way to go, champ. <laughs> I think it is. Well,
0: but I mean. I'm not sure I've ever uh, uh, Look, yes, I never watched it. Look, I kind of want to see. It's on CBS.
3: Well, you know, here's the thing. Me saying that, whatever. I mean, you know, the last time she was on there, we'll it was. gave them
0: record breaking ratings. Uh,
3: you, you know what? The last time, all kidding aside, the last time Britney Spears was on that show, it was the highest rated episode they'd had. Mm. Although I do, it should be pointed out that Neil Patrick Harris uh, who I quite like you know aren't you glad he's making a go of it I love that guy I mean you know because you were sort of a hey Doogie Howser I mean I'm glad that guy be a Dr.
0: Howser MD or something
3: he was and he was yeah. uh, you know and he's on he's on to be in Harold
4: and Kumar yeah and he's Anyone?
3: you know I'm, I'm glad that he has broken out of that just like how Fred Savage is doing some directing and stuff right now And everyone wants to direct you know, have you
4: seen pictures of Britney Spears I actually just put this on my blog today the,
3: really quickly before I uh, that's uh, Clay Aiken Wow. He's She's looking a, better. He's got a huge forehead. Well, wow, that's the miracle of television, Sarah. Yeah, that's. Um, but uh, did you see the interview with Neil Patrick Harris where he just said he was like, I don't want her on the show. She shouldn't have been on the first time. I don't want her to come back. I'm doing it cuz they make me do it. Like uh, he he's been really like he has not pulled any punches. See the interviews with Neil Patrick Harris. He has said like from jump that it's a bad idea uh for her to be on the show and he didn't want her to come back. And he doesn't like stunt casting. He doesn't like stunt casting with Britney Spears. So he's, there is no love lost between him and the idea, at least, of her being on that show. Uh, that being said, uh, like I said, the last time, you know, whatever. It, it, CBS show or not, it was the highest rated episode they've had, and I'm sure people will watch this one, too, because America does seem to love her. Whatever. Here's Tim Riley. Well, there's
0: nothing funnier than Muslim comedy, I think we can agree. A Muslim comic is entertaining in Seattle, hopes to return soon. Ah, uh, Maison Yayay says uh, Seattle has the best food in the world, and she enjoys entertaining. Or oh, it's a lady Muslim comedian.
10: I did the Arab Festival, and I've done University of Washington, and I'm hoping to come back pretty soon to do something at Seattle. Uh,
0: Muslims seem to love. <laughs> Muslims seem to love being comedians in America.
10: Sometimes we'll be bumped or have something canceled because something has happened on the news, and I don't think other comics
1: are as affected.
3: I want you to know, by the way, I'm not making any of my observations about Muslim comedy. They're all in my head. They're going to stay there.
0: (laughs) Who's your favorite Muslim comedy? No,
3: no, 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 no. Not going to happen, Tim. All of my my wacky one-liners about uh, Muslim comedy, they're staying right there in my brain.
4: That was actually Rick hitting his head. That made a really loud knocking sound.
3: That's because my head is empty. Do that again. It's a microphone. It amplifies sound. <laughs> I mean, that's but what, my that's head what happened. But didn't sound
4: like that when I hit it.
3: Well, it's because your head is full of things. Mine is <laughs> just full of sawdust and hate. So I had many, many uh, witty rejoinders to the notion of the Muslim comedian. I'm not going to make any of them on the air. You'll just have to fill in that joke yourself. Here's Tim Riley.
0: Well, it looks like nature has taken revenge. Three travel fishermen... Are missing. There's no sign of them. Really? Their boat has been found capsized. Well,
3: that's too bad.
0: A tank it? boat recovered the partially sunken boat late yesterday afternoon, towed it back, and apparently got tangled in one of the nets that the American, uh, the Native Americans, are using to catch salmon. The three were reported missing after they failed to return from the fishing trip. Wait, so this is they, this was
3: this wasn't them hunting whales? This was them hunting whatever? Well, you know what? It doesn't I they're matter. up
0: on whales. Now they're going to try a fish. You know, try something smaller. You know what? Nature... Doesn't Seattle have a big fish market anyway?
3: And also, there are stores. So, you know, just go down to the corner market. Also, nature doesn't discriminate. So, uh, whether... It <laughs> doesn't matter. You know, white person, Jew, Gentile, suburbanite, city dweller. Nature will kill everyone. you' am a comedian. <laughs> yeah, nature's going to kill all of you. And really, and uh, as much as I don't agree with bumper sticker wisdom... Uh, there's, that, there's that bumper sticker that you see that says nature bats last. I really do agree with that, and I have no problem with it at all. Because really, no matter what you do, no matter how you scratch and try, nature will kill you in the end. Uh, so whether it is uh, by e- being eaten by a bear or whether it is your own body just deciding that you've lived long enough, uh, when all is said and done, nature's going to kill you and there's nothing you can do about it. So uh, suck it up, champ.
0: A New York congressman admits to fathering a child on a wedlock. One week after getting arrested for drunk driving... Congressman Vito Fozella has admitted he fathered a three-year-old child at a wedlock. In a statement released today, the representative says he has a daughter uh, with retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Laura Fay. He admits she's an old friend who picked the 43-year-old congressman up from the Virginia jailhouse last week following his arrest. His statement went on to say, quote, uh my personal feelings and imperfections have caused enormous pain to the people I love and I'm truly sorry.
6: Blah, blah, blah,
0: blah. Well I understand there will be many questions, including those about my political future, making any political decisions right now are furthest from my mind. Wait, so I will continue to do my job. I'll work hard to heal the deep wounds I have caused. I'm confused. Why
3: was he in jail? Drunk driving. Oh I see. In jail for drunk driving, and then like, hey, why is this strange woman coming to pick you up? Yes. And he said, I impregnated her.
2: Sure. And I'm
0: married. Mm-hmm.
3: All right. Okay. Or, or at least it was out of wedlock. Yes. All right. Okay. Well, there you go.
0: And these things happen.
3: Yes, the they do. Are politicians.
0: Uh, mental health is costing U.S. billions of dollars in lost earnings. <coughs> Gee, Bristol. Perhaps you have a coworker as a serious mental illness. It's costing Americans at least one hundred ninety-three billion dollars a year in lost earnings alone.
3: Girl, I am here for you.
0: The study broadly defines mood and anxiety swings that greatly limit a person's ability to function. At least. 30 days out of the year, including instances of frequent violent acts as serious mental illness. What if they're just occasional violent acts at home where no one can see you? By the way, serious mental illness is now defined as SMI.
3: Which is what? Oh, serious that's what they're, they're abbreviating. Well, you know it's serious there's an abbreviation.
4: So if you're angry for 30 days out of the year. Everybody, who's not
3: angry Seriously? for 30 days out of the year? That's stupid.
4: That's a bunch of goddamn nonsense! <laughs> See, that's... We're going to turn the table a little bit with that <laughs> yeah. psychiatrist. Mental on. disorders
0: can give an enormous <laughs> loss of human productivity. Whatever. Yet, the estimate is probably conservative. It does not assess people in hospitals or prisons. Just people on the loose. Yeah, it's hard to imagine people the guys see in see prison would be
3: angry 30 days out of the year.
0: It also includes people with schizophrenia and other chronic illnesses that are known to uh, greatly affect a person's ability to
4: work.
3: Well, Okay. So, that being said, uh, we're gonna have, uh, a head shrinker come on in. Uh, I think where he's gonna come in at two.
4: Maybe it'll help a l- Richie and a little bit of you. Now,
3: I don't, you know, I've got my appointment with the shrink. There's, there's nothing that can be done for me right now. It is too late for me. Is there a me. discount
0: for two at once? Uh,
3: but I, uh, I think that he's gonna have his hands full with Richie. Let's just be honest about that. Uh, no, my shrink appointment is happening, uh, on June 2nd. So, um so that is, uh, that's out there. So, uh, yeah, so I am now, what is today? Today is the 9th? 8th? Something like that. So I'm only three weeks away. So in three weeks, I can begin rolling the mental stone up the hill of wellness. Here's uh, Tim Riley, the uh, Ministry of Truth.
0: Say, remember when the prospect of $3 a gallon gasoline was something everyone chuckled about and Mm. said it would no longer, well, it wouldn't happen. (laughs) Well, now the prospect of keeping $3 as a ceiling price is being used by Chrysler as an incentive to sell its cars. Chrysler. Chrysler is hoping to jumpstart its faltering sales by guaranteeing customers they won't have to pay more than $2.99 a gallon for most of the gas they use In the new Chrysler, Dodge, or Jeep for the next three years. It's an innovative new program that starts uh, May 7th and runs through June 2nd. So, apparently they get a gas card that's linked to a credit card. Now, what does Chrysler make that anybody... Oh, some ugly thing called the Dodge Journey. It looks like some sort of Subaru. I haven't seen...
3: Well, you know, can I tell you you this, and this is maybe just... Was it always this hard, you think, to tell cars apart do you know what I mean? Don't you think that all cars, we've reached this point where the evolution of cars, everybody, um, in other words, as generations go on, there are developments and innovations, maybe in the aerodynamics of cars, or in the way that the interior needs to be designed, or in what form of windshield offers the best look while also being safety, you know, safety conscious. And so there was a time when cars all kind of looked different. Because car companies would come up with these innovations on their own and they would rush it into production. But I think like we know so much about how to build cars now and how to make them uh, fuel efficient and how to make them stylish. And they've done so much focus grouping over the years that we've all kind of reached a consensus about what cars need to look like. And so there's just very little difference in a lot of cars now. That's like when you see something like a Prius, that's why you really notice it uh, because it looks different than everything else. But all cars now have started to seem very similar to one another. It's going to be very difficult to, I think, differentiate, uh, you know, to differentiate cars from each other. Let's uh, let's see. We've got a call about how I met your mother or somebody with Kennewick Trivia. Tim? Hey, I don't know. All what right. would I be best at? Uh, well, let's just take a random, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. About what are you calling?
6: How I Met Your Mother.
3: Okay. Uh, this isn't uh, my actual mother, is it? No. no, okay. now, I
6: know,
5: uh, mock me, if you will, but that show's actually pretty entertaining I don't know if you know, but it, it also stars uh, Jason Segel of uh, Freaks and Geeks fame. Somebody
3: and, did tell me that, yeah.
5: Yeah, and, it's, and Neil Patrick Harris is good. I mean, it's, it's nothing deep, but it's, it's certainly pretty amusing. They're
3: good at what they do.
5: Yes, indeed. To, uh, to, also, I'm really looking forward to Peter Carlin roasting you, man. I think he's just going to carve you, because I met that guy once, and he like roasted me and we only knew each other for about five seconds before <laughs> I realized he despised my presence.
3: Hi, Peter Carlin. You're fat and ugly. All <laughs>
2: right. Pretty much. That's how
3: how that went. Yeah, no, he's, uh, Peter's going to be great. Peter Carlin, Byron Beck, Storm Large, Sarah Dillon, Corden Fatboy, Scott Daly, and Aaron Duran. It's going to be an uh, exciting listener-submitted roasts as well. So, uh, thank you. Uh, you know, in, in the show's defense, many people have emailed me now in the last few minutes to say that How I Met Your Mother is actually very funny.
5: So, and,
2: and Neil Patrick Harris
5: is, I mean, he, he's he's great in that. He's definitely the best character. But it's, you know, for 30 minutes of
6: just mindless television watching, you know, it is what it is. All
3: right. <laughs> this went from a ringing endorsement to sort of a,
6: eh, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Bye.
3: Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
6: Is it me? <laughs>
13: <laughs> hey, Rick, just oh <laughs>
3: Okay, the pause and the laugh was the only thing that made that good. Go ahead.
13: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I was just sitting here uh, laughing at the Muslim comedian jokes inside my head. Okay. Hilarious.
3: Let's let them stay there.
13: Yes, yes. Hey, um, little known Kennewick Trivia.
3: Is this trivia that is actually true, or is this trivia you're making up?
13: You no, know, this is true. Okay. And this uh, has nothing to do with Muslim comedians. Um, the CBS...
3: Talk News... slower, please.
13: Okay. CBS News Bureau Chief in Beijing, China. Do you know where he's from? <sighs> is I <don't>... it Kennewick? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes. Rick Emerson. <laughs> it is. Okay, this ended up being a pretty funny call. Hey, Tim, give him a gold star. Did you know please? that Sharon Tate Yes,
0: is from Kennewick?
3: And Kenna oh, Sharon yes. Tate went to Rick my dad went to high school with Sharon Tate.
0: Oh my gosh, And under famous residents? Rick Emerson radio personnel. Oh really? No. Yes, are you kidding me? No, no, no. But, but it's it's mean? it's four names under Sharon Tate. So you think it's <laughs> tough filming. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> Bye Thank now. You. All right. But Bye. you know who beat you? Is John Bozung. The National Yo-Yo Trick Letter Gold Medalist. Club. My dad met him, I think, and that's the same guy. Your dad will be proud that you made the
3: same list as him. And Sharon Tate. Uh, does it list Terrence Knox? No. Terrence Knox, who was an actor on St. Elsewhere, uh, grew up in, uh, in Kennewick, or Richland. I mean, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's the tri-city area. It's basically one big city. Um, so who all does it list under celebrities? Jeremy Bonderman. No idea. Who is uh, that? Pitcher for the Detroit
0: Tigers. Okay. Damon Lusk, a NASCAR driver. A lot of athletes coming from Kennewick. Ray Mansfield, he's an NFL player for the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. No Sharon idea. Tate. Yeah. Danica Stewart, an actress on Passion.
3: Danica Stewart, an actress on Passion. Is she hot? I don't know. I, I don't have a An actor, Well,
0: she's on Passion. She must be. Joseph Santos, an artist and painter. Okay. John Bozung, and then
3: you. <laughs> I'm dead last. Dead effing last.
4: And there are a lot of people from Bremerton.
3: Yeah. Who's from Bremerton?
4: Oh, uh, well, MXPX uh, Ben Gibbard. I actually, didn't know.
3: I didn't know he was from Bremerton. I knew that
4: Ben Gibbard. Oh, that's right. Cause you went. You used to hang out yeah, with I was, his brother, right? No, was, oh, no. I was best friends with his sister in high school. Oh, okay. And All actually, right. the Gibbards were in in the Navy. My parents were friends with their parents, and so I actually met Ben Gibbard um, many times throughout my childhood. And we went to a um, monster truck rally together. That's so cool. So, Excellent. And, oh yeah. my
3: gosh, is that ugly?
4: I what.
3: Oh, there's a view of Kenwood. Oh no, it's a terrible place.
4: Scientology founder L. Ron Hubbard attended a high school where his early works while living in Bremerton.
3: Really? really?
4: That's weird. Bill Gates senior.
3: I guess in my head somehow I thought it was the, the Ben G- Gibbard's brother. That's really cool though. That um, now, how old would you have been, and how old would he have been, Ben Gibbard?
4: Um, well, Megan, uh, his sister's name is Megan, and we were friends all throughout my the course that um, I lived in Bremerton. Um, God, it was probably when I was... Because I think it was when we lived in Seattle, so it was probably when I was on, like, 6th and 7th. That's 30th. very
3: cool. All right, so L. Ron Hubbard, and anybody else from Bremerton? No.
4: <laughs> no, a, a Seattle Mariner, NFL guy, an author, architect Stephen Hole. There's a huge list of them.
3: Kennewick has been
0: known by many other names, including Teehee.
3: Uh, is that... or oh, is that an Indian name?
0: It is attributed to a native girl's laughter when asked the name of the region. It's all... <laughs> It also can
3: mean grassy place or went to paradise. It's grassy, yeah, paradise. That's exactly what I think of. Um,
4: oh my God! And Quincy Jones is from Bremerton. No.
3: Yeah. Q is from Bremerton, not Q from Star Trek, but Q from music. Twelve percent of the population is below the poverty line, oh, including eighteen yes, percent of those under eighteen. Yes, Tim. It's a proud place. So, is the area? Is it an aerial view of Kennewick that you said? What? What was the view where you said that's ugly?
0: It, it looks like some ugly dead. Dead plants, some guy walking down oh, the dirt road. Oh, that's Kennewick. Yeah, there you go.
3: Just endless brush and, walking? and hell uh, d- towards his doom. <laughs> he's, just, he's just walking because... This it,
0: photo does not show spectacular spring flowers. No. Obviously
3: not. Neither flora nor did, fauna. Why didn't they wait to take a picture of that? Because it never happens, Tim. Because no matter how long, you could do time-lapse photography on that image right there of Kennewick, and it's just going to be brown and lifeless year-round.
0: Oh, they also have the TriTech Skill Center there for those who. Uh,
3: by the way, that is where I attended radio class. Hmm. They didn't call it the TriTech Skill Center; they called it something else. I forget what it was called when I went there. But that is where single, pregnant single mothers and meth heads and me uh, all went to attend radio class. So uh, if you had been tuning into the radio station there at the TriTech Skill Center, uh, I don't know, 20 years ago, you would have heard me broadcasting uh, badly, I might add. So. Well,
4: Bremerton House is one of the largest cranes in the world. <laughs> really.
3: Is that the bird or like the, the bird or the yellow yeah, lifting the, thing? No, the
4: lifting thing. Oh,
3: the largest crane.
4: Who even? <laughs> that's like so sad. that's <laughs> like
3: those world world Guinness world records but most earwax. Like who even like why would you even note that? So uh, yeah, remind me to show you some exciting photos of me and Kenaway Tim where it's like that. Laura and I took. I think we were there for the release of Harry Potter five, the book, and uh, so and it's a long story. But we were out kind of doing a whole day of sightseeing. And it was just, and really, it was just big acres of, of grass and death. You know, just nothing. So I'll show you some of those. Yeah, it's a terrible place. Um, so it either means paradise or tee hee hee hee. It means you've chosen poorly in terms of where you live. That's what it means. that your life has gone badly uh, and that you need to acquire more marketable skills. That's what it means. <laughs> Kennewick kind of means you need to learn to type and to move. All right. Uh, during the break, I will bring down this horrible. A Christmas ornament that is from Kennewick, and that is not a joke. By the way, it is not a joke ornament. Uh, I'll bring it down so you all can uh, look at it, and I'll, I'll put it up on the. Uh, oh, there.
4: Aaron said a way to get you to watch How I Met Your Mother. It stars Allison Hannigan.
3: Really? See, I don't really like Allison Hannigan though. Just I like just life. like Willow Rosenberg. That's my thing. Uh, and because Allison Hannigan, from what I have heard in real life, is kind of bitchy and not that bright. So maybe that's not true. I'm just saying that's what I've heard from people who've met her. Uh, I really, and the thing is, and I know this makes me sound like a freakish nerd, but it's like I love the character of Willow Rosenberg so much that if I met Alison Hannigan and she was just a C or just dumb, it's like it would just crush me. I mean, I know that makes me sound, can you think of anybody? I mean, it's like, it's like Jared Leto as opposed to Jordan Catalano.
4: But so, when I was hanging out with Heather last night, she was talking, telling me the story about how she met Blink182 in the prime of when she really liked him, and they just turned out to be dicks? total dicks to yeah, her. Yeah. And she just, ever since then, she's like, as much as I love their music. She'd go
3: home and destroy their records. Yeah, she's yeah.
4: never been able to fully love them again.
3: <sighs> all right. Well, I'm just happy to know that I'm on the same list as Sharon Tate uh, in terms of something. Yeah. Yeah, so she, uh, she was Miss Richland, Washington, by the way, uh, and then moved away to be stabbed.
0: Well, all right. That sounds appealing.
4: Natural
0: break? I guess so. Unless you want to hear one more story. <laughs> Let's do one more and then we'll break. Who remembers who Lou Diamond Phillips is? Me. 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 Well, he's in San Fernando uh, Court today for a progress report after pleading no contest in connection with a domestic uh, fight involving his girlfriend last August. The actual question dragged his girlfriend during the fight. He was sentenced to three years probation in order to complete domestic violence counseling and community service. He became famous for his portrayal of Who?
3: Uh, Richie Ballans. That's correct,
0: in the movie Labamba La
3: And also in the movie Bats. Mm-hmm. And Young Guns. Uh, and he's also in The King and I. He was in the touring production of The King and I. And he's also in the TV
0: series Numbers, which is still wrong. Is he in the TV series Numbers? But the, the one that has a three in the middle? Right. What is he? Is
3: he a regular? I don't know. He's one of the numbers. All right. <laughs> he's he's uh, starring as five. <laughs> that would be the Sesame Street version of that show. And now another exciting episode of Numbers. And then it would just be like Tony Dance would come out like dressed as a seven. Maybe that's only funny to me. Um, All right, we should take a break here. Back after this, uh, we will have uh, more from Tim Riley. Uh, Later on, Richie Bristow's mental health will be addressed. Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian, Jim Roop, and the worst Christmas ornament in the world. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. I'm looking at Danica Stewart. Proud Kennewick resident. Well, she's kind of a looker. She doesn't seem at all like somebody that would be from Kennewick. All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, It's 503-733-297. Sarah, this would be a question for you. Do you remember Uh, that band, Louder Milk? Yeah. They're from Kennewick.
4: Yeah, you and I talked about that, I remember. Yeah.
3: Long ago. Yeah, my brother drummed in an early iteration of that band before they they became famous. Uh, And then I think they went away. Did they ever have any hits? Yeah. Not that I'm aware. I think they had a record, which I bought solely because they were a band that was from Kennewick. And then I was sort of rooting for them. Like, Kennewick boys, make good. Uh, and then, no. So, and in a way, I had, this is a terrible thing. I have to say that in a way, I kind of rooted for that band not to succeed. Because then I, I, cause I didn't want my brother to be like, I've drummed in that band. It was I didn't want my brother to be like the Pete Best uh, of some band. Because like if they'd become like, world famous, then my brother would be like, well, i I'm happy working at a school, you know. Like I mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't want him to be that guy. So when Latter Milk kind of never went anywhere beyond, I think, a couple of regional hits, I was sort of relieved in a way because then that, you know, because then that's not just out there. So uh, a couple of things. So we got Dorothy Carcasseri <coughs> joining us in a moment. Uh, more from Jim Roop, uh, who will be uh, coming up later on. We have Peter Carlin, also. Uh, uh, we have a mental health uh, expert coming in to talk to Richie. Who wants to see the worst Christmas ornament ever? Oh, I do. Uh, we'll have to take a photograph of this. We can put it on the website. Uh, our friend Kara, uh, had to, I think her husband had to go to Kennewick or Richland or, or some, some horrible thing, some conference or whatever. And so she was there, and she went by Richland High School. And as I always have to note uh, about things dealing with Richland High School, this is not a joke, nor is this ironic. They are, and I always have to take people there and show it to them in person, because my wife didn't believe me, they are the Richland Bombers, that is their their logo, their mascot, and... Their logo is not just a mushroom cloud; it is in fact the Hiroshima cloud, because of course Richland is where they made the plutonium for the Manhattan Project. So blah blah blah. Their high school team is the Richland Bombers. T- Tim, I'll hand that to you, and then you can hand it to Sarah. So that is a Christmas ornament. At the centerpiece of the Christmas ornament is the you know R for Richland High School, with a huge mushroom cloud behind it, and then circling the mushroom cloud are hundreds of tiny little atomic bombs.
4: Oh, my gosh. There you
3: go. You know, because what better way to celebrate the birth of Christ than with a Christmas ornament celebrating the Hiroshima bombing? So
0: Does the deluxe model have uh, dead bodies? <laughs> like we said, they are.
4: Wow.
3: <laughs> the deluxe model just, yes, it has someone running, screaming toward the camera. That's
4: pretty amazing. Yeah,
3: yes, it is, Sarah. So there you go. That's the peaceful Adam at work. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, the Ministry of Truth, your personal Savior. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley.
0: Well, they made the world safe for democracy. I suppose. Wannabe filmmakers will want to head to Redmond, Washington instead of Hollywood. Apparently at the Microsoft headquarters in Redmond, they're underwriting an online movie-making <laughs> contest in an effort to stimulate sales and improve the reputation of Windows Vista. Vista has met with a mixed reviews. A lot of people just don't like it. Uh, the contest begins today. It's been dubbed the ultimate video relay, complete with its own website.
3: By the way, nothing is going to improve the reputation of Windows Vista. I, I mean, really, the only thing that can improve the uh, uh, the estimation of that product is if they just took it and they bulldozed it into the desert right next to the many ET cartridges. That's all that's going to help. So, all right.
0: The Washington State Department of Transportation has announced a portion of I-5 just south of Olympia. We'll see a speed limit drop from 70 to 60 miles an hour. The speed reduction is scheduled to start Monday, May 12th, and crews are widening a 12-mile stretch of the freeway to build some new bridges. The new speed limit will be in place until the fall of 2010. The Tiger to Walgerton School District is warning parents about children who are getting high on caffeine at school and crashing when the high wears off. <sighs> an issue are the so-called energy drinks. Uh, some of these middle school uh, kids are drinking them. They're asking parents uh, not to give them to kids. Apparently, they're full of caffeine, and when it wears up, the kids are useless. Children are drinking as many as five <laughs> cans per day.
3: I love the idea that the school is actually saying, no, 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 your kids have become useless. That that's actually the, the official estimation of the school district.
0: Uh, the people at Red Bull say their energy drinks are not soda, and only people who are old enough to drink coffee should drink the energy drinks. Whatever. Uh, kids usually have enough uh, energy that they don't need the caffeine. Say those in the know. Uh, Sheriff's deputies in Ash Fork, Arizona.
3: It's a happening place.
0: Say a 51 year old man married a teenage girl and then invited other men over to have sex with her and he took photographs. No. Uh, mm-hmm. Donald Leacock has been indicted on 24 counts of sexual exploitation of a minor, his wife. Uh, Coconino County Sheriff Spokesman Jerry Blair said deputies were called to a home in the town west of Williams by a 14 year old girl who wanted them to stand by him while she moved out of Leacock's house. So this guy who's 51 married a 14-year-old
3: girl? And this is where? Ashport, Arizona. I didn't think that. I thought that was. I didn't think it was legal anywhere. I was about to say. I thought that was only legal in, but I didn't think it was legal anywhere. I didn't think you could do that unless you were named Warren Jeffs.
0: Now, apparently, Lee Conk would post photos of his new wife on the Internet uh, and then invite other men over to come have uh, relations with her. Can
3: I just tell you, there's so many people in this world that just need to be forcibly castrated. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, I think I speak for us all when I say that. For the love of sweet Christ almighty. All right. Um I'm not sure if we're getting uh, if we're gonna have Dorothy Carsera here or not. It seems to be a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, some confusion there. But we do have a question about the I eighty four. Hi you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What is your question about the I eighty four? Hey
10: Rick, how you
3: doing? Oh wait, is this have I picked up the wrong line? You are not uh, calling about the I eighty four, the other guy's calling about the I eighty four. Yeah,
10: I'm calling about the In and Out Burger. This right. is really random. It's just been bugging me. All right, bring it. Um you know, in the in the early to mid 90s, there were two In-N-Out Burger locations in Portland. One on Interstate Avenue. In I Montana. dispute that. I'm sorry, what? I
3: dispute that there was never an In-N-Out Burger in Portland, yeah, was there?
10: Yeah, and there was one in Tigard, and on Pacific Highway, and they literally were here for five minutes. I mean, they they put them up. They were open for just a a really short amount of time, and then they were just gone.
3: Now, see, now I'm, uh, you know, I and I came here. I mean, I I kind of grew up here and then moved away in the '90s and then I came back in '98. So this right. would have been this would have been while well, I was not here. So there, but now when they were they open? Were they functional?
10: They yeah, they um actually for a time like weeks, and it's just been bugging me. I, I'm just. Are you I sure that imagine. this
3: isn't a thing that that you sort of uh, you know imagined?
10: I'm sorry. I've got a really bad connection. Are you thinking?
3: But, I mean, did you physically go there, or is this like a yeah, thing you heard? Yeah,
10: I went to one in Tigard and the one on the interstate. Well, that and doesn't... They just, in fact, if you go by, um, I wish I knew the, the name of the road that, that uh, it's an interstate and where you can take a left. All
3: right, but you. But, but this is in the early 90s. You're saying there were two and out yes. burgers that he, yes. that were here and yes. were fully functional. Yes. All right. Yes.
10: In fact, the, the one on Interstate, the colors. There's, I think there's a Taco Bell now, but they they have the same colors. You know, the the distinctive. I think was blue and purple. Well, and now I like have that.
3: to go. Well, now I have to go check because that would just be because that would just be strange. Yeah, uh, because they're really such, weird. you know, they're they're so anal about like not opening them anywhere outside of Nevada or Southern California. Yeah, well, All I right. thought
10: if you guys didn't know, maybe one of the listeners right. would. somebody you know, will know. This isn't, uh, you know, this isn't big stuff. But oh I, no 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 no, it, it is. Like this me.
3: is exactly you're in our wheelhouse. Don't ever. <laughs> this is the sort of thing out of which we can make three days worth of programming.
4: Good good good. All right, exactly thank you, help. thank you, Talk Kathy. Later,
10: All
3: right, now we just need to find somebody who played Polybius. Yeah, yeah, there
4: are lots of rumors on the internet. It's like I swear there used to be an In and Out Burger in North Portland see? by Greeley Interstate somewhere. Am I crazy? I'm pretty freaking sure it existed. But see, how would
3: that have just started without anybody? Like the company had to. I guess although it could have been like that Tommy's thing. Where there was that Tommy's across from Powell's? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. No, it and, wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> and now it's not. <laughs> now it's gone. So, all right. Well, somebody will know. Uh, this call is about the I-84. Hello, sir.
13: Good day to you. Well, I have a traffic alert for you.
3: Is this about okay. the I-84? Yes, sir. All right.
13: Um, a uh, guy on the, about a mile east of Exit 17 at Troutdale had his trailer pop off of his pickup truck. And in the trailer... A mini excavator now dumped over into the freeway.
3: And where is this at, sir?
13: Um, this would be approximately a mile uh, east of I-84, uh, uh, uh. Or I eighty uh, four, or mile east of Troutdale. On seventeen on I eighty four.
3: On the I eighty four, sir.
13: On the
0: eighty four.
3: All right, excellent. You'll never get a job at Metro speaking like <laughs> no. that.
13: You Fine. know, um, I'm wondering if this In and Out Burger thing isn't actually um, being mistaken for Hot and Now, which was a weak program not well, not like a uh, in strength, but it it was a I don't know uh, what
6: we're talking about a hamburger
13: product that came out for it, it was like 2 months or 1 summer in the
3: 90s hot and now That's not in and out
4: right when you said that i'm hot looking at this hot and now was a test by pepsico who owned taco bell at the time and this was their initial market the brand failed and was yanked soon after arrival oh sounds like that I we mean,
3: might like, have a winner there
13: it was like crispy chicken sandwiches for a dollar everything was a dollar <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, Tim, it's everything really you'd savvy. want in a
3: restaurant. All right, thank really you, my friend. All Thanks. right, bye now. Let's now welcome. What kind of r- scrawny chickens would tell for? I don't know. This is Jim Roop. So let's now welcome to the Rich Show. This show doesn't make any sense for large portions of the time. Hello, Jim. Howdy. How are you doing today? Okay, what's going on? Oh Jesus, you have look. There's so many ways to answer that question. None of them logical. <laughs> uh, none of them short. We're, right now we're debating whether or not there was ever an In-N-Out Burger here in Portland. Oh. And there was a woman. See, now I'm looking at the screen. Line one, woman's totally right. Line three, woman completely wrong. Line four, unsure. There's some dispute about whether there was ever an In-N-Out burger here in Portland, and the closest we've gotten to, it's one of those things where, no, 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 I swear I saw it, but of course no one has a picture. So the, the, the operating theory is that Pepsi-Cola opened a In-N-Out-style chain uh, with a couple locations here as like a test, and then it failed and went away, and everybody sort of in their memory remembering as an In-N-Out burger.
8: You know, I'm honestly surprised that In-N-Out hasn't made it up the coast.
3: Like well, that. but of course, I think a lot of people have said that's because at least one of the people who founded that, I think maybe the husband has passed away, but uh, I think it's the wife who is still alive, and they have this whole thing where they won't put it anywhere that they couldn't drive to to inspect it, which is why it's only in you know Southern California and Vegas for the most part, because they, wanted, they want to be able to go there in a day and look at it. Oh. So uh, there have been some sort of speculations that, when the original owners pass away, that whoever inherits it or takes over, you know, might expand it, which in a way would be unfortunate because it is, I like the fact, like White Castle, you know, I like the fact that it's sort of a regional thing, so, you know, and yeah, it's like something you can look
8: I like the fact that White Castle's a regional thing,
3: too. <laughs> so, you don't, so you don't, let me just put a bunch of grease in my mouth. <laughs> uh, Although
8: I, I lived on those things for a long time.
3: Well, because they're dirt cheap, you know what it is? Uh, and, every, and every region has those. You know, we don't have White Castle in the Northwest. You know what we have? We have a place called Dick's Bag of Burgers. That's what we have here in the Northwest. And specifically in Washington. I don't think there's any in Oregon. But there's a place called Dick's Bag of Burgers, uh, which is, oh, it's both great and terrible.
4: Dick's Deluxes are the greatest things ever. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm serious. they are good. No, it's true.
3: Can um, you please
4: say that again. Okay, thanks, Jim. Say it a lot slower. <laughs> uh,
3: in fact, if you're uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot, once referenced this in his song Posse on Broadway, where he says, Dicks is the place where the cool hang out, which is a reference to this place in Seattle, Dicks' Bag of Burgers. And you would, it's it's kind of like an old Arctic Circle where there's not really, you know, there's no parking, it's not a walk in. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's just, um, it's like a huge version of one of those drive up coffee places it's a, it's a walk up a hamburger stand and you go there and every it's like in and out everything is like a buck or a buck fifty very few menu items uh but you can get a bag of hamburgers for like whatever five dollars or whatever it was at the time uh so you know it's uh it was pretty great it was uh, it was uh it was pretty fantastic when i was living there and it's uh, every night when i'm in seattle i go back to there so
8: well, i remember when white castles were 11 cents a piece and cheeseburgers were 13
3: jesus and i mean those things go right through you they really do you know, those uh, it's all just made of grease and starch, so hence the name slider. Isn't that what they're called? Oh yeah. Yeah, because they just slide in and out. Um, all right. Uh, so I, we're, I, I apologize yeah. for you. We're being kind of uh, we're on a time crunch here. For, I know you're busy, but um, so what? What is the status of this strike? What is everything going to grind to a halt again in like thirty days?
8: Well, I don't know. I mean, the, it, it's still that new media issue um, with SAG. Anyway, the SAG's concerned because right now there's no contract that covers content for new media what what the screen actors guild is concerned about is that producers studios networks they can develop very cheaply shows on the internet and then move them to television once they establish because actors live really on uh, pilot fees and residuals right and and if they if they use the internet to be that if, if that becomes the new where all the repeats are the syndication goes and they and they also develop uh, programming there. The actors aren't going to get paid anything, so that's going to really—it's already a dwindling thing anyway. They're already getting screwed every. And so
3: I mean, it, this is—we were talking about bands the other day, and we had a we had a, a, a you know the rock singer on the show yesterday. We were talking to him about you know making it a band and how do you get ahead. And it's such a weird time now. I to use the music analogy, I really you know I look at those guys like Kiss or Led Zeppelin or any of those guys, and you realize how lucky they were to be big recording stars in an era when the record companies controlled everything and could just ring every single cent out of the audience you know what i mean they could just i mean the, you look back at how much money bands made in just physical record sales alone and the and just the, just the you know the, that is never coming back that's just gone it's gone forever and
8: and so, bands like Led Zeppelin, they made most of their money when they toured, yeah, which and, is why they toured so much.
3: But even, you know, but even bands, you know, uh, that that stopped touring, it's like I remember seeing this interview with Ace Frehley, who was the guitarist for Kiss for a long time and he, you know, in the in the mid 90s before they reunited, and he's like, you know, I don't need to work. He's like the Kiss catalog sells constantly. It's like and my
8: because re- those guys wrote those songs too, though.
3: And uh, but I think the, don't you agree that the era in which the control over the the media is just it's in the hands of the consumers now yes not in the hands of the studios which is why they fight so hard now with the unions because everybody sees that if the pie isn't shrinking it's getting a little more slippery at least and it's, it's harder to hold on to
8: well th- you know this could be the major correction that everything goes through uh if if this kind of falls apart and the actors don't wind up getting the contract they want but they have to settle for something right. because AFTers in there now and sag's going Those jerks, you know, we'd be much stronger (laughs) if we could negotiate together. Right. No, we get them through the initial stages of the negotiations, then they decide they want to go it alone. Now, if they go in there and they quickly make a deal with, the producers, the writers have already done it. the directors have already done it. actors already done it for daytime players. now the primetime folks are involved here If they quickly do it with them. that means that really weakens sag's position and they can't go in there and play hardball. they might as well just roll over because you know?
3: then they're no longer in a position of uh they're no longer in a position of strength
8: yeah so and, and then and so then uh, the actors fees will start coming down and it'll start being one of those things where Poor Tim Riley in his in his SAG car it won't be worth that much anymore.
3: And it has been uh, speculated by some, some people uh, close to this broadcaster have speculated that AFTER has secret contracts for some cable shows. Um, well,
8: they've already worked out some things.
3: So is this like backroom dealing that AFTRA has done with no, certain programs?
8: isn't it's impossible to have a backroom deal with anything anymore because everybody finds out about it. Somebody leaks something so they can become right. a hero. Um, no, it's just that they they were they were negotiating it first, and then AFTRA wanted to jump in there. So they put, uh, uh, I mean, SAG wanted to jump in there. So they put After off to the side and try to deal with SAG for eighteen days. And they couldn't do it. And, yeah. and I, you know, I, I, I don't really understand the pro- – I've talked with the Alliance of Motion Picture uh, Producers and television producers yesterday, and I can't really figure out why they're being so hard-nosed about this. When you take a look at the economic times and, and the residual pay plan right now and how all that works – You know, you got to give the actors something when it comes to the internet or downloading or streaming. You got to give them something.
3: Well, we were. I was just anticipating this nightmare scenario a while back, where because you know when the the writers went on strike, and so we were just going to be up to our eyeballs in reality programming. God help us if you know the actors go on strike and suddenly Mark Burnett just decides that the time is right for feature-length reality movies. You know. I mean, it's just, at that point, I'm just going to have to jab up my eyes with something. I mean, there'll be no point in living. You'd be watching The Nanny and Wife Swapper. <laughs> exactly. But it'd be like The Nanny, the feature film. Yeah. So, all right. Um, well, in any event, blah, uh, blah, blah, insert clever pun, blah, <laughs> blah, blah. Did you see Gary Coleman on The People's Court the other day? No. Jesus, what a cluster that was. Gary Coleman and his Gary Coleman and his Although wife. I
8: think the judge is just still the same judge.
3: I think so. It was uh, people were sending me sort of YouTube uh, segments of it. It was just like one big circus. Just you know, somebody just needs to throw a net over whole segments of this of this country. I mean, there's big sections of 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 you know of uh, of of the northwest uh, and of the south where there just seems to be nothing but crazy in the air all the time. Do you know what I mean? Did you see that Lindsay Lohan's mom? Got an award two days ago for yeah. being Best Celebrity Mother?
8: Yeah, how about that?
3: For the love of Christ. So whatever boat they kick out to see that has Gary Coleman on it, put Dina Lowen on there, too, would you? <laughs> Best Celebrity Mother, who in their right effing mind did that?
8: I, I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, I ask like you know the
3: answer to it, but, I mean, it's just crazy.
8: Uh, yeah, I saw that. I'm thinking, what in the world is that? <laughs> I mean... I, I'm uh, glad I didn't have to cover that.
3: Jeez. I mean, there is there is just something in the water everywhere. So... Alright, brother. Well, now let's talk about In-N-Out Burgers just made me. And you know, the thing is, and it's going to be unsatisfying because I'm going to leave the show today. There's no In-N-Out Burger. So I'm just going to end up going to like, you know, 7-Eleven and just eating a deep-fried Crispito or whatever. So.
8: There's a 7-Eleven, I mean, there's a In-N-Out Burger within walking distance. Oh, you bastard.
3: <laughs> Have two. Have one for you and be eating for two today, Jim. Have one for me as well. Thank you. All right, brother, we will talk to you. Are you on tomorrow? Oh, yeah. All right, enjoy your afternoon. We will have speaks with you soon. All righty. Jim Roop. Thank you, sir, ladies and gentlemen. There you go, Jim Roop. All right. I always kind of feel bad when I take the Lord's name in vain because I know that Jim is a religious man. So
4: I say something like,
3: kick Gary Coleman out to sea for
4: the love of Christ. Oh, but he's also a tolerant man. I suppose. And and
3: I think he prays for you. And he's drunk most of the time. All right, uh, let's see here. Uh, looking at the, so we're gonna do Dorothy Carcassari tomorrow. Uh, she's been, she's been, very busy. So, uh, Dorothy Carcassari tomorrow. Coming up later on though, Peter Carlin and Richie's, uh, head shrinking. So let's do, uh, some more headlines here. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. The Earth once had three
0: moons. That from NASA. Prevailing scientific consensus holds that the existing moon was formed when a Mars shaped planet collided with the Earth 4.5 billion years ago. So much smaller it would have been thrown into space, reflected by its own gravity to form its own moon, which for millions of years would have glowed red hot from the molten rock from the planetary collision after it cooled. They have been working on this right now.
3: (laughs) Once again, the Earth once had three moons. That's just made up. They're making that up, and they're putting the story out there to see. This is like that time we tried to see if CNN would tell Lisa that she made too many Melrose Place references to see if they do it. They're just putting the story to see if we'll repeat it. They don't know that. No one knows that. There are
0: two groups of asteroids. In uh, Jupiter's orbit around the sun, one called the Greek camp, it led a giant planet by 60 degrees to its circular orbit, while the other group, dubbed the Trojan camp, followed 60 degrees behind.
3: That explains everything. From
0: that was a huge explosion, therefore there are three moons.
3: This is like one of those things on, on the blackboard where it's like some insanely difficult math problem that has symbols you don't even really know what they do. And then at the end the guy goes, and therefore, five! And you kind of uh, use some back paper uh, in the box. All right! <laughs> Yeah, I just don't even. I have nothing. All I know is the thing for the beginning of Thunder of the Barbarian, where the moon splits in half and then everybody grows huge eyes. Let's do one more, and then we'll do a call, and then we'll break.
0: All right. Well, let me pick a good one here. No, I can't no pressure.
3: Mm. Well, Wait, hold on. I was just going to say if you if you need to, if you need some more time, Tim, I could I could give you more time.
0: Does anyone does anyone here watch the Ugly Betty program? Sarah. No.
3: No. All right. All I know is Isn't that there was that, that episode that? where Selma Hayek took off her shirt, and I watched that online.
0: Oh, is Britney Spears in that one, too? Oh,
3: God, no. No, Selma Hayek was on that show, and she because she's one of the producers. Yes. Because uh, I think she was a fan of the original, the Spanish-language version. So they had, when the show first hit the air, Ugly Betty, and I can't even tell you how many times this was probably watched on YouTube, there was a long clip where Selma Hayek, it was like the most blatant pandering you have ever, and I was fine with it. I voted yes that you have ever seen in your life. It was just, I swear to you, and it was on network television, a long sequence where Selma Hayek just slowly took off her blouse and then stood there and jiggled around in a bra. It was insane. I mean, I watched it. Don't get me wrong. I watched the hell out of it. But, I mean, it was like, I don't even know what the context was because I didn't bother to watch any of the rest of the episode, of course. <laughs> There's no point. I don't even know how they would have gotten to that, you know? blah da blah da da blah which will require you to take off your bra. I mean, it must have been like bad porno language or something. It's hot in here. Undress. And so she did. Anyway, I don't know anything about the show except that the girl's name is America.
0: Well, actress Liv Tyler and her husband have split. Tyler. A rep for the 30-year-old actress has confirmed that Tyler and 36-year-old rocker Royston Langle have confirmed their separation. They remain good friends and devoted parents to Mm -hmm. their son Milo. Whatever. They got married all the way back in 2003. Their son was born in 2004. Liv Tyler is known for her role in The Lord of the Rings... Uh, she is the daughter of Aerosmith rocker Steven Tyler. She will appear in the big screens summer blockbuster The Incredible Hulk alongside of Ed Norton.
3: Uh, can anybody here name what that guy is famous for uh, apart from, uh, apart from like, boning Liv Tyler? Space Hulk. Very good. Uh, with their hit song?
4: Mm, I can't remember. <laughs>
3: Anything? That would be called In the Meantime, Sarah. Yeah, terrible song. Yeah. Not a terrible song. I think it's just I hate that guy because he was uh, sleeping with Liv Tyler, but now that's over. All right, uh, let's take a break here. We'll come back. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy around the corner. Peter Carlin, uh, if you're on hold, hang uh, tight. We'll get back with your uh, phone calls here in a second. More phone calls. Peter Carlin from the Oregonian. Richie gets his head shrunk, and uh, we'll have more from Tim Riley later on. Plus, if we have time, the top five transvestite songs. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. That a race is a I'm sorry. I didn't know we were back.
4: I'm just sitting alone in here listening to Space am
3: Sorry, Sarah. I forgot you were there. Yeah. Uh, All right. Just a few moments. Uh, We will bring in uh, Benjamin, our head shrinker, uh, who will uh, tell us exactly how crazy Richie is on a scale of one to ten. Uh, Later on, we'll do the top five songs about transvestites. This is Space Hog, though, on the Rick Emerson radio program. Come on, now.
4: Rick, it wasn't that hard. We're not even starting this again.
3: I'm just saying. Okay, fine. You know, we haven't done one of those in a long time. You know, Court, we're in the building now with Court. Court ought to do the post-hitting contest with us. I bet Marconi could do it, too. Mm -hmm. We're always on the air at the same time, though. That's not going to work.
4: Well, they don't go until 2.
3: Oh, that's true. I gotta get Court and Marconi in here to try uh, get their get their post on. I bet Lisa Adams could Smokey do it as well.
4: Smokey fooled everybody, didn't he? Yes, was one one. yes <laughs> he did. Yes, he did.
3: All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hey, Rick. Hi, How's what's up?
9: Um, I emailed you about a funny, funny YouTube video I wanted to see if you got to it or not.
3: What was the wacky YouTube video about, sir?
9: Um, uh, the
13: baby biting a uh, toddler.
9: His a,
3: a baby uh, biting a toddler
13: it was uh they're british so it's funny
3: <laughs> and it's and, and they're not really human anyway so all right um yeah i'll uh, i'll check it out sir all
6: right thank you all
3: right thank you uh hi you're on the rick emerson show hello
6: hey rick uh
11: i think you, i think the previous people that said that it was hot hour hour corrected i mean the logo used a like a yellow lightning bolt kind of mm-hmm. like the slash used in the in and out logo and they were they were it, they were at the locations that she was talking about. I'm pretty sure it was hot.
0: Now. Well,
3: and it seems like that would be a thing that a corporation might do is to create, a, you know, a new restaurant or a new whatever that is supposed to remind you of blah yeah. blah 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 blah. Because that's kind of what the man does.
11: It didn't have 49 cent ham cheeseburgers. These, no. The hamburgers were 29 cents and the cheeseburgers were 39 cents. And we used to buy tw- bags of 20 at a time and just drive around town. In high school, with with a dashboard just full of hamburgers, partying around. <laughs> and
3: dashboard now. Dashboard full of hamburgers. There really oh, is a man. guy's life.
11: Oh, it was just a just a just dip that in like a six pack from some bum and a bag of hot now, and we were good.
3: Dude, I got to, well. That's like when I lived at the house of dudes years ago, and we would each go to the Del Taco and we'd each get ten tacos, uh, and some Macho Nachos. So, uh, by the way, can I just say this? I'm going to make it a statement about this. That, so, I was talking to Dave Zinn, who went to Vegas a couple weekends ago, and. It pains me to say this, but I'm going to have to take Fatburger off my list of recommendations, too, because the la- because it's still good in Los Angeles, but the last two times I've gone to Vegas, Fatburger hasn't been good. Dave Zinn went. He didn't like it either. So... And he had the same experience we did. It was just sort of messy and bad. So uh, for those who are going to Vegas, I can't vouch for Los Angeles because I haven't gone to the, the Fat Burger in L.A. in a couple years. But for those going to Vegas, while we still heartily recommend In-N-Out Burger, uh, I'm going to remove Fat Burger from my list of recommended restaurants. It's, uh, it's simply gone downhill, apparently. So all right, does my
11: In-N-Out, friend. Does, does, does In-N-Out have seating at all, or is it just the drive Oh, they have seating. Yeah. Oh, because see, Hot Now was just a drive-thru. Was, there was no seating whatsoever. It was like, you know, you know on 39th and Powell, that place that used to be coffee people? Yeah. And it closed? That was a Hot Now. Really? Yes, that was a Hot Now. Okay.
3: Oh, see, I love finding out that sort of hidden history of things. Excellent. So, hey, there you go. There's, All uh, right.
11: there's a few. Of those, now, a lot of those Hot Nows are like um, are like uh,
3: car title places and coffee joints. There. All right. Somebody got to do, okay, we got to do at some point a whole investigation of this. All right. Thank you, my friend. Sure, thanks. All you. right. There you go. Excellent. Uh all right, so shall we do the shrinking? Or shall we do the top five? We have mm. no Peter Carlin. Is there
4: anything else we need to get done? No, let's, let's why don't we just let the shrinking commence.
3: Alright, well let's first uh well I guess we'll bring him in at the same time. Uh wait, however, how ever will I summon him?
4: No.
2: Right
13: here. Oh,
3: well do you have something better looking. with I'm which to introduce him? Right no. If you have something else, oh. I need to put the crying game in the system, don't I?
4: Well, I have the crying game until I just played Space Hog. And then I replace it. Actually, which means that... One back. Rick! <laughs> I
3: was just going to let it... I was waiting to see if I get a response. You know what it is, but you're like you're like an animal at the zoo that you poke between the bars of the cage every time it takes a little bit longer to get a reaction. You're building up a tolerance to it, as an addiction oh, medicine I'm, specialist would say.
4: I'm so excited about that. Thank All you. Right.
3: You're listening to the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, our intrepid PA, Richie Bristol. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you today? <laughs> wait. So wait. So today is your birthday. Right. Happy birthday to you. You are 37. Yeah. 37. That's... All right. <laughs>
4: what does that even mean?
3: It's a clerks reference. Oh, okay. Uh, where the girlfriend at one point. Reveals that she has given a specific kind of pleasure to thirty-seven men, and and the character, girl, the character of Randall, uh, when she walks by, you just hear Randall go thirty-seven. So, uh, <laughs> Richie Bristol, happy birthday to you. So, wait, did you go out drinking and whoring again last night? Uh, no, I went back on Grand Theft Auto. Okay, did you go and seduce and kill more men?
12: No, I wanted to do more normal things, so I just shot cops and stole helicopters <laughs> and stuff, like all the other people do. So I was normal.
3: This is a good time to welcome down to the Rick Emerson show. Benjamin,
14: hello. Hello. How's it going? How are you, sir? Excellent, all right. I'm very well. So, uh, extremely nervous.
3: Uh, don't be nervous. Oh, why? At all. You're only standing oh. next to a guy who seduces and then kills men, seemingly in preparation for a real life killing spree. That, don't that always worry about, helps about it. At me at all. Relax. Yeah. Like right, a chair.
14: Um, you a chair. I'm yeah, supposed to sit that, That'd chair. be good. I actually, uh, since it's Richie's birthday, I brought in a uh, present for him. Do you guys want to see this first, or should I give it to him and do his a, reaction? Is this clean? Uh, yes and no. Let you me see the
3: title of the book.
14: You can talk cleanly about it.
3: We're not going to say the name of the book on the air. <laughs> I will say this. Uh, the recommend, If this is a book, you're, um, it is a guide <laughs> to better sex, uh, specifically how to pleasure a man. <laughs> and apparently Adam Carolla has given the following blurb. Dr. Sadie Allison, I'm quoting now Adam Carolla. Dr. Sadie Allison is a penis genius. So, there you go. Um is really? this for Richie?
14: This this is a gag gift for Richie, yeah. Uh, gag gift. <laughs>
3: I think a gag gift. I think Richie's the one who, Richie's the one who gets the gag gift if you know what I mean. Wait, well, yeah, I just so, got don't that. me seduce guys. I don't think you need any help seducing guys. This is once you've seduced them. This is a post-seduction guy.
14: After you've gone bowling with them.
3: <laughs> I'll put this right over here, which you will give to you later. Okay.
14: What I expect uh, you to do with that is re-gift it to a woman of your choice.
3: I think the oh, chair okay. is broken. Um, let's see if the teeny others, I'm sorry, there's, I know there's somebody with you here. We, 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 oh, hell the, yeah. The teeny other celebrity stool, and then we'll let you have this chair. I only said that because that chair sinks, I think. I got my
14: butt right where teeny others was. That's awesome.
3: You know, you're kind of creepy yourself for a guy who's supposed to help us de-creep Richie well i'm just kidding one, i'm only fooling
14: there's one thing i've learned about years uh be, being in mental health for years and that's everybody's a little crazy it is true that's kind of the theme of the Some show people right? can
4: just hide it better
3: so let so what let's give uh, if you know so what are your what, what do you do what are your credentials here
14: well i have a uh, bachelor of sciences in psychology i've been working in mental health for about seven eight years now
3: if i can ask what sort of uh, folks do do you deal with is this like the the cutting crazy the shooting crazy the drinking crazy
14: yeah, all of the above. I mean, we deal Excellent. with, uh, in the hospital, it's an emergency psychiatric unit, so we deal with um, people that have psychosis, people that have uh, major depression, suicidal thoughts, uh, people that have personality disorders, all of the above. So if it's an emergency
3: psychiatric ward, is that a thing where, like, the man has picked them up because they're on the street corner? Like in a chicken suit with a gun?
14: Absolutely, running down the freeway, sh- screaming their head off. And or punch, like if I naked. if I call nine one one and
3: nine one one, hello, and I just kind of go, yeah, I've got a gun to my head. Like is that they they come and get me and they take me to you?
14: Yeah, yeah, you can be brought in by the police uh, after an episode, or you can uh, bring yourself in and uh, to, to the emergency room and say, hey, I'm not feeling safe. I need a place to be for a while. And interesting,
12: yeah. You work on the fifth floor.
14: Um, I, I work on multiple floors, so.
12: Why do you know there's a fifth floor?
4: What does that mean?
12: Never mind. He might be. A, he might actually work somewhere I've been before. I don't I, understand. I, I you don't... mean,
3: like to. Like, mean, like to visit.
12: Yeah, for 22 days straight.
4: <laughs> oh my god.
14: So, you, so you're kind of familiar with psychiatric inpatient treatment? Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Many moons ago. Well, there you go. I hope they were good to you. So you had a positive experience. Look what they did.
3: No,
12: just
14: kidding. <laughs> Sarah.
3: I'm experiencing I don't know discomfort right now. No. So, all right. Well, I, since it's out there, as I well, say. Well, way to
4: go, Rick. I'm glad that we're doing this on the air. When, in fact, he does have mental problems. I don't,
3: well, I think we already knew that. Well, do you mind now? So, you, if if you don't mind, Richie, if it's, uh-huh. if you don't want to talk about it, I understand. So, you have uh, had mental care in the past? Yeah, I ran down the street naked. Yeah. I thought you were kidding just <laughs> now when you said. Well, that. Well, I had my underwear on. All right. Okay. I don't even know where to begin. How wh- how long ago was this? Uh. Eighteen years ago, and so you would have been nineteen. Yeah. So you were nineteen. Uh, were you uh, intoxicated? Yeah. So, so
12: we, we used to play truth or dare and take acid.
3: Really? Uh huh. I okay, and I we've talked about this before that I've never taken acid because it just terrifies me. The whole notion acid
4: just, terrifies me it, too. And I have friends who're just like, it's so wonderful and colorful. I'm like, nah. I'm
3: watching this big this eleven hour Beatles documentary, and I just passed the the part where they're at a party, and a guy's like, take this and dissolve it in your tea, and it's like they thought it was pot and it's acid and. And this, the whole like, I got whole boxes shoved into the deepest corners of my brain that are padlocked shut, and I just don't need those open, and I I fear that acid would just do do all of that. Um, so you took acid with some friends. Played truth
12: or dare. They dared me to get down to my underwear and go to the convenience store around the corner. Granted, we lived in Northeast Portland down by Woodland Park. Right. In the eighties. Right. And there was like Bloods and Crips all over the place. and said, Dare. Do this. And I was in my underwear, and I went and got cigarettes at the convenience store.
3: So you just so you just were going about, so that's like a dream, that's like one, literally one of those nightmares people have where you're doing a normal activity, but either nude or in your underwear.
4: Yeah. Were we wearing boxers? Or were we no. wearing like...
3: Whitey tighties. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Savage would be
12: proud. Um,
3: and so they called the cops.
12: No, I. we were going back, they were running back and I was coming back because we were all laughing. Or...
3: Oh, they went with you. Yeah. Because of course, what's the fun of like having your boy do something if you can't go and mock? Yeah. So they're with you. And there's a donut on the side of
12: the road, like a, a spare tire. You know, one of those spare tires right. that had fallen off somebody's car. So I started rolling it down the street. Here I am rolling it in my underwear, running down the street. They're laughing, so they run back to the house. And I'm just going, going, woo-hoo. And the next thing you know, it's woo. And I'm like, oh, shoot, there's cops. So I bust through, uh, I think it's Woodland Park. So you ran? I ran and I stopped on the teeter totter. There I am in my underwear, teeter tottering, thinking maybe they won't see me if they think I'm playing. But it was the middle of the Because <sighs> you're high. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> you if know, they
4: think I'm playing. Did they, uh, <laughs> Did they
12: like, forcibly? I mean, was it like, did you come with them peacefully or did they have to, like, take you down? All I know is I woke up, I was in the emergency room somewhere, strapped down. <laughs> just making all these notes. I'm Wait, thinking over his pages just so filling you don't up. Rem-
4: you don't remember? You remember being on the teeter-totter, and then that's it?
12: Yeah. And then you woke up. I remember up. My, brain, I, my brain has, like... Just turned off, or you have a blank whatever. Spot I just or whatever. remember, logically, I believe that I could teeter-totter like I was playing in the playground, and they wouldn't see me.
3: Is it... Now, <laughs> when you take acid, because I, I really don't know, is it sort of like a dream state where that kind of thing makes sense? Like, if I can't see them, they can't see me. Like, one of those... It, it could be. I different for everybody. It reacts yeah.
12: to different people's brains differently. Mm-hmm. All
3: right. So then they... Okay. So I can understand... Okay, you're you're nude or in under your underwear in the park, running from the cops. You're on acid. They they arrest you or they whatever. But I would figure that that would be a thing where they figure out you're high and then they just you stay the night in a detox thing and then they send you home. Uh, is it uh, Benjamin? Is it normal that he would then be in a a place uh, for 22 days?
14: Well, acid does induce basically a state of psychosis. It breaks your connection with reality at least temporarily, and then. Do you feel comfortable talking about what other issues you had while you were there or the other reasons they <laughs> decided to, to keep you for a while?
3: Sure. I mean, you don't. Really, honestly, you don't have to.
4: No, I, this yeah. isn't why we brought this on. We brought this on. I really know, didn't on, know.
3: I yeah. had. We should. Everybody. Everybody should be aware that I didn't really and know that this, this story existed.
14: So. Yeah. My, my purpose here is not to embarrass Richie. Just. Yeah. Just to provide public information. I mean, all
3: you know. all really kidding and joking
4: is. Why like don't you. we Why don't we deviate from this and maybe stick to why we brought Benjamin here in the first place?
3: <laughs> well, I, I will say, I mean, it's it, it's up to Richie. I mean, really, honestly, no fooling. You don't feel like you have to talk about it if you don't want to. You don't have to. You can keep private whatever you want to keep private. It is uh, it's okay.
14: Would, would you prefer? Cool. We we can talk about it in just very general a, general terms. Or all right. Well,
12: it's it's up yeah, to you. It really I've had, had a lot of help, and I feel much better now.
3: <laughs> when you see me smile <laughs> when you say things like that, that's when I just like suddenly your face is just Heath Ledger. So um, all right. Well, Ben, I mean, were there, was there additional issues?
12: Oh. Well, there's all kinds of issues around it. But you but you feel like you move past it, or you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I learned a lot of things.
3: All right. Okay. So we can just we'll leave it at that. Maybe they tested me. Really? Did what? If I can ask, what kind of was the physical or mental test?
12: Uh, like drug testing. Like Just, they have different things that they, you know, how you can test for different pills to help your brain to see if like a yeah things that haven't passed FDA or whatever like that. So I had some things that weren't on the market that they tried to test.
3: and did they give you like physical tests too to see if you not to be flip about it, but to see if you have like a, like a brain problem. Like yeah, uh, they, like, all
12: kinds of tests. Like here's pictures. What do you think? What does this remind you of? To make sure that you're not uh. Can't hurt somebody else. All right, and, but, yourself and or,
3: they apparently felt so. like things were okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. And so that was, you know, like 20 years ago, and presumably yeah. you haven't been uh, like locked up anywhere since then. <laughs> no. no. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right then. Uh, so well, I don't even. So I don't even know where then to sort of jump. in. So we had this whole, we had this whole question about Richie playing. We'll, <laughs> we'll back up ever so slightly. So Richie is online. Having a uh, romantic conversation with somebody that he thought was a woman, and so then they have an intimate conversation, which becomes all c- lotion covered, uh, and then he comes in the next day. He's like, "Hey, look at this! Look at this hot girl that I had cyber sex with." And the opinion of everybody here were like, "Richie, that's a dude, that's a man, man." And, uh, so, and there was some, I think, denial about that, but I think Richie at some point realized that it was a man, and so there was, like, much, much of and so forth. So then we're talking to Richie two days ago, and you're playing Grand Theft Auto 4? Yes. So in, uh, Grand Theft Auto 4, there is this whole thing where with, it's like within the game, because it's such a huge immersive environment, like The Sims or Second Life or something, in the game... Uh, you can uh, go on virtual dates with other players who are, like, on, you know, like a multiplayer like online. So Richie goes on, and what did you call yourself, Rochelle? Uh-huh. So in the persona, do you create, like, an avatar for that? Like, uh, did you have to modify? No, they pick they pick uh, avatars for you. I hadn't really thought about that, though, but if you're calling yourself Rochelle, doesn't your avatar still look like a dude? No. Alright, so it looks like a girl. Yeah. So he would then arrange these uh virtual dates inside Grand Theft Auto with a with a guy who thought that Richie was a woman. The guy then steals a car or whatever it is you do or a helicopter, comes over, picks up Richie, they go on a date inside Grand Theft Auto to, work, to a bowling alley. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so then then they would bowl, and then Richie would just shoot whoever the guy was in the face and, like, leave his body behind.
12: After he got a strike?
14: After he got a would you Was it
3: always after he got a strike? Did
14: you it's wait? It's hard to
12: get a strike. I mean, I was getting spares all the time.
14: <laughs> so you had these complicated rules. I'm only going to shoot him in the head if he gets a strike?
12: No, I wasn't planning that, no. but I didn't know what I could do. Just going to happen that yeah. way. Yeah, I kind of stepped outside and on the boardwalk. And...
3: So, then, so then that just seemed, on the surface of it, to seem ever so slightly, oh, I don't know, odd to all of us here. So at this point, I will turn it over to Benjamin, who is, after all, a trained professional. Um, Richie pretended to be a woman so he can pick up men and shoot them in the head out of revenge for what was done to him online. Crazy or
14: not? Well, uh, everybody a little crazy. All right. I'll say that right up front. It's, a, it's all a matter of degree. you know. And, and as far as psychiatric hospitals go, it's, it's whether the professionals there judge you to be a, a potential danger to yourself or others, whether they keep you or not. Um, so uh, first, I do want to say though, this is not like a real therapy session. I don't want anyone out there to get to get the wrong idea. This is just kind of a Q and A to pick his brain a little bit and see see where he's coming from. If on, you'd like, afterward, patient.
3: you can see if I'm crazy as well.
14: So okay, all right, whatever you like. So, um, so that uh, that situation there, um, we'll just kind of jump right in with just some just some questions about it. Uh, well, um, do you consider yourself to be gay or bisexual in any way? No. No. Okay. And I'm 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 assuming that you're going to give just completely honest answers to all these things. We'll shortcut a lot of second guessing. Um. Uh, let's see here. Do, do you I... have a Do you have a trunk full of guns? No. <laughs> all right. Or sexual toys? No. That's probably a. Yes. That's just Richard' question. No. No. <laughs> uh, no, that's okay. I, that wasn't. Um. How do you feel about that situation? I mean, what are your thoughts looking back on it? How do you? What's your emotional response to having been through that? Uh, it was funny.
3: <laughs> when you say situation, you mean where he was having the cyber with the uh, the she dude?
14: Yeah, yeah, that or the yeah the sh- bowling or, shooting or the
4: bowling. We shooting. talking oh, Grand yeah, the, uh, or the, uh... the
14: the initial situation with uh, the the cyber sex? Um, is is that something where you felt? I mean, did you feel good about? It? Now it's funny looking back. I mean, was it uh, a good thing or a bad thing? Just in general. Bad.
2: There Yeah. Um, um, fantastic. Can,
14: can you identify any emotions with it that that specifically? So it was bad. What what variety of bad?
12: Uh, I feel a little stupid because like I should have figured out it was a dude.
3: <laughs> yeah.
12: And uh, a little tricked.
3: Mm-hmm. And
12: now I'm on. Like I'm my guards on. I'm yapping again on on the website. All
3: right. So you oh so you're talking now to other yeah. women since then. I'm, I'm back on the street. Are or you? Whatever. <laughs> are you? What, are you asking for more uh, physical proof this time? Yeah, I mean, I'm taking can... a little
12: bit more time, I'm making sure I want to. Conclusive pictures of some kind of female gender would help.
14: Oh. Right. Show <laughs> yeah, me so
12: your. your...
14: <laughs> so, uh, do you feel? Uh, I mean, do you feel angry about it? Looking back, and like, no, mad about it. No, no. no not not really. No, okay. Not really. Um, are you feeling like you know ashamed or embarrassed?
3: Well, of course, because it's over the radio now. <laughs> now, would you say? Uh, would you say that you are in some ways uh, sort of exhibitionistic about these things?
14: Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah yeah and i had some thoughts about that too i mean it it, to work in radio you almost have to be an exhibitionist because you're putting yourself out there to be observed Mm -hmm. so uh in in this way i gotta say uh it's a good thing that you're just being bold and upfront front about this because if you're gonna hide it or be shady i mean it just looks it looks even worse so just kind of throwing it out there you don't have to talk about anything you don't want to but it's good to just if you're going to admit it admit it go for it and that's that's very healthy i think so um well i
12: feel like I'm back on the couch again. <laughs> oh. well, <laughs> well, well, let's r- well, I
3: mean, now, uh, and it's not a big secret, that a, a, I have spent uh, years of my life uh, in therapy for one thing or another. Uh, I'm between therapists at the moment because my therapist, who I love, and Sarah and I have the same problem here, yeah. sort of, uh, in that my therapist quit. She she doesn't do individual therapy anymore. She just does these weird weekend retreats for couples. It's like something, you know, it's like a totally different thing that I don't need. Uh, and so I have had this hunt from one therapist to another, and I'm now on June 2nd uh, going in to talk to somebody about, largely the behest of my wife, who thinks that I need to be uh, at least spoken to about some kind of medication uh, of some kind or another. So, And then Sarah has been in therapy, not a secret.
4: Yeah, no, no, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that Laura wanted to put you on the meds. It's not that I shouldn't, I don't want to be, Okay, we're yeah.
3: now deviating into something altogether. I'm not saying my wife wants to drug me, but I'm saying my wife deals with crazy folks all day long. And she has suggested, she hasn't told me, she hasn't ordered, but she has made the observation. And let's be honest, she spends more time with me than anybody but you. Uh, And uh, so, uh, you know, she has said, have you ever considered? So, to be fair, uh, you know, that coupled with that sort of breakdown outburst tantrum that I had uh, about a week, week and a half ago. Uh, sort of led to the whole. Why don't you call somebody and maybe broach the issue up. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying. So wait. just so when I've say,
4: been I've been in therapy. I loved it. I loved it. It helped me work out a lot of problems that I had, like currently in the current situation that I was in, and
14: then you know like that I hadn't dealt with years before. So and when you something. say
3: you feel like you're back on the couch, or it was like, we've all either been in therapy or are in therapy here. So I mean, certainly, yeah,
14: yeah. I'm, even I have too. About ten years ago, I wasn't feeling so great. I went and talked to somebody, tried some medications, and, and it worked out great. Right. And you know, I, if anything, from this. Uh, appearance here on the show, I'd like to kind of destigmatize mental health. Nobody goes up to a person who has uh, diabetes and says, what's wrong with you? Why can't you process insulin properly? But all of a sudden our brain chemicals are out of whack and people think there's something wrong with you as a person rather than just biologically with the way your brain works. So uh, if we can... Get that point out there. That's very important. I think.
3: I almost feel like I almost feel like that now. I, have to have, I almost feel like there needs to be this whole uh, separate show where you just give us all group therapy. <laughs> so, all right. Well, in any given, all well, right.
14: We can we can jump back into this uh, and kind of move things along. Um. It, you know, you say you're not angry about it, but you feel stupid. You're kind of now on guard. You're embarrassed about it. Did you feel a need to to get revenge or strike back in somehow? Uh, no. Not really. That that well because like,
12: I could have led them on even farther, and that's how my if I was going to get revenge, I would have just kept on leading them on pretty mm-hmm.
3: heavily. Now, if I can if I can jump in with a question. Now, at any point, did you consider uh, when you were uh, pretending to be a girl online? At any point, uh, did you consider? Finding a guy online who thought you were a woman, having cyber sex with him and at the end being like, Ha ha I'm a man pwned, and mm. you just like <laughs> like letting him know that he just totally uh you know
12: No, I I'm just it was keeping it in the game. It's part of the game, it's right. just, I was to me it was like I found a niche, I could be the serial killer in Grand Theft Auto. You know, it's kinda funny.
14: So uh what what you're talking about here and what what I uh have been thinking about in this is uh this fits in with um like the cycle of abuse uh, theory, which is basically like uh, with physical abuse, if you've got a parent that hits the child, the child grows up and beats their children, so you've got the cycle, or um, before that actually plays itself all the way out, you've got the child who is beat by, by a parent and then goes to school and becomes a bully, so right. you have this acting out of the trauma that was inflicted on you, um, Basically, the victims identify with the victimizers, the power, and uh, they want to get rid of the powerlessness that they feel, and so they go find someone else, and they assume the role of the victimizer, and then they're no longer the victim. Now they're powerful, and someone else, uh, you know, is the one who has the trauma. So I'm kind of looking at the situation (laughs) as that this is the way it played out in your mind is you're not getting revenge specifically on Chrissy and George, but you're finding a way to not be powerless and not be a victim anymore. Uh, how how okay. does that sound to you? Does that make sense? Or? Yeah, totally. Do you feel okay. like this?
3: So do you feel like this is a uh, relatively innocuous way in which to assert oneself? Sorry, so that would be, be my question to you. Yeah, do you feel oh. like maybe that's what it is? Sort of a relatively innocuous way uh, to assert one's sense of self or one's sense of you know, yeah, power.
14: definitely. And it and it speaks volumes. <clears throat> excuse me, It speaks volumes about you that you didn't decide to go out and do this in real life it's to find, for you, find someone. You. To right. yeah. well, <laughs> well you, done. You Dress found up like a
12: girl. A show you, you
14: found a socially acceptable method, which is a game, which is basically based on on violent acts, and you acted out this this fantasy, kind of a, a form of self therapy, um, in a way that didn't really hurt anyone. Uh, kind of. I mean, the people that were the, the, the <laughs> victim of that act have, maybe got emotionally hurt. I don't know if they thought it was as funny as you did.
3: Um, <laughs> I was just but, bowling and then she shot me in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and it's already some, like, pa- like, a, like, a pasty dateless guy probably anyway, so I really. Know, like, taking
14: mm, him down another seriously, notch.
3: Seriously, yeah, way to go, <laughs> Richie. Nice.
14: Now, I, I did uh, <laughs> also come in with some questions prepared to kind of, uh, the, the overall question was, is this a slippery slope? Is Richie going to become a, a serial killer? I think we all know the answer to that.
2: <laughs> <You>. <laughs> <laughs> was free, uh, happy birthday. so there's there's some key
14: components that go into like being a sociopath or a ser- serial killer or having antisocial personality disorder and i just wanted to kind of quiz you on a couple of these things and uh uh get your impression from from talking in the hallway just out there and and just hearing you uh just chat socially um i already have some answers okay oh, um but specifically do you feel that uh you deserve to get whatever you want that the world owes you
12: no, not really. Ozzy, no. you, you got to get it yourself.
14: Okay. Um, do you care about other people, how they feel, what yeah. their goals in life are? Yeah. Um, do you accept responsibility for your mistakes? Do you blame people? Try not to, but yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Um, do you generally go through life getting what you want by lying, deceiving, being no. manipulative? No. no. Um. Do you consider yourself usually, uh, you know, pretty socially irresponsible? You don't meet your deadlines. You don't follow through. Socially, um, socially or professionally?
12: Hmm, half and half.
14: Okay. Like
3: I would say
12: professionally, professionally yeah. you do. Yeah, I can't speak for a social. Lab. Socially, I don't, I don't call back and I don't answer my phone. And... good for you. <laughs> <laughs> no,
14: you, fit,
3: you fit right in here.
14: Okay. No, but,
4: but you, yeah, above and beyond professionally. Yeah,
3: absolutely.
14: Do you feel that you have a high degree of impulsivity? Sometimes you act and you don't know why. Oh, yeah.
12: Okay. Oh, yeah. See me at the strip club.
14: <laughs> <laughs> in in the absence of alcohol or? <laughs> yeah. Still? Yeah, totally, okay. Totally. Um, I go shopping
12: and I buy things I shouldn't. And I go home and well, go, why did I buy that? That's impulsive. Okay.
14: Um, do you find yourself acting in a manner every day that it, uh, shows just a reckless disregard for the safety of yourself or oh, others? No. No. Okay and this one's kind of a tough one uh it's the category of like failure to conform to social norms which that that's a really difficult thing to judge so i kind of i'm leaving that one out but
3: especially sort of here working in this industry where you know, we're not necessarily held to the same standards, I think, nine to five as the rest of the world is.
14: Your, your job is literally to act wacky for the entertainment of others. So yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> just acting my friend. <laughs> 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 that's,
2: that's
12: not, Yeah, this is not a role. Just be who <laughs> We're you method are, yeah. actors.
14: <laughs> so, okay, so cutting to the chase on some of this stuff. A sociopath is basically someone uh, without a conscience, someone who only thinks about fulfilling their own desires without any regard for other people or their uh, wants or needs. So uh, someone who is sociopathic would have a sense of entitlement lack of remorse, uh, kind of a flat affect, be apathetic to the needs of others, uh, blame other people for their mistakes, uh, go through life being deceitful, manipulative, uh, they'd be irritable and aggressive, socially irresponsible, um... Highly impulsive and uh, really reckless in a lot of their behavior. And uh, is Richie uh, a serial killer or in danger of heading Find down that out path? after
3: this. No.
12: <laughs>
14: <laughs> I'm getting ready to let You don't, don't come know. back, no. though. I seriously
12: wanted to. I seriously <laughs> wanted to go to a break right then. And then
14: come back. This is the Richie show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, was, I was thinking you were going to do the answer is.
3: We should take a break. Is? Let's take a break, and we'll find out after this. Is Richie Bristol a sociopath? <laughs> You'll find out around the corner. It's <laughs> the Rick Emerson the radio program. Uh-huh. Back after this, 503 733 The Rick Emerson Show continues next, my friends. Go nowhere! Hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, coming up at uh, 3 o'clock, Tom Likas. Likas 101 at 5 and the Michael Mary show at 7. This is your personal savior.
0: And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. The Oregon Department of Human Services reports smoking among pregnant women has decreased 30%. Since 1996, however, smoking their pregnancy is still higher in Oregon than the national average. Apparently, women think they look cool if they're pregnant and smoking. Well, it's true.
3: I mean, not that they do, but I'm saying, never mind. I don't know what was (laughs) true. I was just saying that for no reason.
0: Nagging women may be in luck, as a study shows pestering is an effective tactic for getting husbands to submit to their demands. Studies around the world show that uh, nagging women usually get what they want because they leave the targeted person too worn out to fight back. Well, no, I survey I've, just released today.
3: I really do have to say that that's true. Not I just for that. not just for spouses, but for anybody. Uh, where it's just, and I think, and I'm channeling Tom Lich a little bit. But after a while, everybody's been in that position with either spouse, loved one, coworker, whatever. It was they just sort of nagged away. You're like, fine, just so you could shut up. That's really that's the that's the implication right there. Fine, I'll do it. So you quit talking to me. So yeah, no, I can. Uh, that's a that's a hearty yes from this corner of the room.
0: All right, so nobody disagrees.
3: No. All righty. Well, that's it for now, ladies and gentlemen. Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of the world, uh, back at four, five, six, and seven, top of the hour, all the way through. Lycus. Uh All right. Uh, Richie Bristol, if you are, thank you. You were quick on the draw that time.
4: Oh, I don't want to hear that thing again.
3: <laughs> all right, that's aversion therapy. I think is what that is. All right, our intrepid PA, uh, Richie Bristol, uh, rejoining us now. So when we last left the Rick Emerson Show, uh, we were about to discover if Richie Bristol is a sociopath, and somebody actually sent an email for Benjamin, who is um, our mental health expert who's in today. He says, pleased to be asking the difference between a sociopath and a narcissist. Benjamin?
14: Um, you know, I need a copy of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual in front of me, Dave. Uh, that's where I pulled these right. uh, talking points about uh, uh, being a sociopath. So um i don't really have that one right on the top of my head and i don't want to give anyone the wrong ideas can i just make up
3: an answer yes please uh the answer is uh narcissists no i don't i have no wacky answer there um (laughs) all right so we we had given richie the now what is the sort of battery of questions you gave him is that to determine sociopathic tendencies or just nuttery in general
14: well yeah specific uh there's a now I'm nervous again. I'm stuttering. Not at all. Uh, there's a, a book that all uh, basically psychiatrists use to diagnose mental health conditions. It's called the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. And it's, right now I think it's in its fourth edition revised. And it has specific criteria. Uh, let's say for, like, depression, you have to feel um, a, a, a certain number of things, including uh, suicidal thoughts, strong sadness, uh, um Uh, lack of interest in normal activities, all those things have to be present for a certain period of time, and then tick, 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 you hit all those points, those are present, that person has uh, depression. And what it is is not psychosis, depression, uh, all of these things are not uh they're, they're collections of behaviors. You know, you look at a person's behavior and their thoughts and feelings, and when they're all present in a certain way, you give it a, a particular label to help us approach it in a certain way and treat it in a certain way. Right, it's, so.
3: Just, it's so weird. It's like when you describe, like, ticking off a certain number of whatever, and then it's like, you have. I almost picture where it's like, uh, uh, it's like, uh, it's like one of those, like, ticking wheels at the carnival that you spin, and then it lands on, like, you have depression or whatever and yeah. i have to say i can't speak for sarah but when you were doing that when you were ticking off that list of behaviors earlier oh. sarah and i were probably both either a matching it against ourselves am i a sociopath is it possible i think everybody uh, does yeah. and, and then of course uh coming up with people in our own lives who may
4: I, I, I think and i shared a similar oh sentiment. we both
3: came up with the same person too uh, no one, no we both, one
4: like <laughs> mouths it to each other at the same time. No
3: one here or associated with the program. No. Uh, but uh, Sarah and I looked at each other like, you know, who's a sociopath is, you know, and we both kind of mouthed Man, the same name at Man, I've never seen laid
4: out like yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm like, it's like damn. he was
3: standing in front of us. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Uh, so your
14: assessment of Richie based upon your sort of informal analysis? Yeah, very, very informal. And usually, you know, with someone who is a sociopath, you wouldn't just ask them these things flat out. But I, you know, he is not. He's very definitely not just for meeting Good with for him. Good for you, Richie. Yeah. Yay. And talking to him. <laughs> I His you. personality.
12: Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday. No. Yay. Yay. I'm only kind of crazy. Congratulations. Unless you're a yes. really smart soci- sociopath. Well,
3: because... <laughs> <laughs> I think we've just given the lie to that. Yeah. That's <laughs> <even> <laughs> <said. That's laughs> the only <laughs>
14: danger is now we've taught people how to hide it. But actually, uh, people with really strong mental illnesses, the illness advocates for itself. So it's, it's really hard to hide this kind of stuff. Um, but this, this goes plays into everybody is a little crazy everyone has a little bit of sadness every day everyone has some delusional beliefs it's all a matter of how far it goes how much of an impact it has on your life so you um, you're a very uh, expressive outgoing social person you take your work seriously you uh, care about the thoughts and feelings of others you're not really uh, getting a kick out of hurting anyone in real life uh, I'm thinking this is kind of a situation like uh, Sawyer on lost where you were the victim of a con man and so you go grow up to be the con man and that's how you gain your power so um what i do recommend and i was going to kind of wrap this up by saying where's my notes oh i can't think without my notes that's okay i uh
3: we've got time i, yeah. too, have,
14: I too have a show matrix no go. i was okay hey, <laughs> no
3: and when in doubt you know it's
14: uh, we can always just if you need to look
3: for something i love it
14: all right okay. there we go digging it okay um so what, what, do you, what you want to do is if this can, uh, bothers you strongly or, or significantly, if this is causing a lot of distress, you definitely want to go talk to someone and kind of just get your thoughts and feelings out. Um, in uh, you know another way just some general advice for you is is practice letting go don't let this become a daily anxiety where you're just fuming about it uh, uh all the time and specifically find some other way to feel powerful you know engage in you know practice your craft very well if that's what you're doing here so that you have a, <laughs> that craft. sense of accomplishment
2: <laughs> no you know
14: being being the best darn pa you can be that kind of thing you know uh or some other way like i uh, you know i play guitar and i'm very proud of that that's how i one of the things that i helps me to feel powerful or accomplished as a human being so so uh, find other ways to you know express your anger and find other ways to feel powerful rather than participating in that cycle of abuse.
12: In a video game? Um,
14: well, the, you know the funny thing about the video That's games. It's a hobby for people. Yeah, yeah. If if um, if the video game helps you to feel powerful, it's it's kind of a tough thing when the video game is based on basically just, being a sociopath. I, you know? I, I, and I was going <laughs> to say actually,
3: you know, and I'm certainly not on the whole video games make kids go nutty at camp. Uh, there is that whole thing. I mean, and I and I really am not saying that, but it is sort of strange. When what do you do to relieve tension? Well, I go home and I play this ultra-violent video game where I can blow the limbs off my enemies. And, I mean, it does mm-hmm. you know. I mean it does sort of make you think twice depending on the person who's saying it, I suppose.
14: Yeah, there, well, there is a bit of a, a fuzzy line when it comes to video games. Is this person acting out tendencies that they normally would, or are they exploring an alternative to the way they really are in the world? Are they more like their avatar, or are they choosing purposely to be opposite because they can't do it in any other way?
3: I have this theory. Tell me what you think about this. I have this theory that the Internet is this magical mirror that tells you who you really are, Mm. so that it's who who you pretend to be, what you look up, what you look at, uh, what you, uh, you know, in other words, the the internet or whatever face you show to the world, that what you do online, when no one is looking, that
14: is sort of who you are. That is the real you. Yeah, be careful of those tracking cookies. That is just my, that's my,
3: just my theory. That's absolutely true,
14: because it's it's like your private thoughts, and you're able to explore it on your own, and uh, I think you will find that people are mostly who they really are inside online when they're anonymous like that. And, you you know, you, Richie, you were saying um, you were feeling bad. And that's, you know, a key thing. You're not a sociopath because you actually feel for others. You have empathy. Um, and you, you were feeling bad about, you know, uh, hurting actual players, even emotionally. So you went on and you engaged in more cooperative play with other people. You joined in the game, um, in a sense, to partner with them rather than to inflict pain on people. So that was an expression of yourself saying, well, that's not really who I want to be. You know, I tested this out. I tried it. did not for him. So it's yeah. okay
12: to kill. As long as you feel bad.
14: Well,
3: <laughs> Richie, thanks
12: so much.
14: I'm glad not you not learned the not right lesson. In a video right. game. And the moral is,
3: all right. Um, so we want to thank you for coming in, Benjamin. It really is very cool. And I maybe you don't do this. Maybe it's something you can't do. I was going to ask if you have a, a practice or a number or whatever. But maybe it's wrong. Maybe you don't. Yeah. You don't give that out. I I don't don't
14: have a private practice. You know, I have a Bachelor of Sciences, and that qualifies me to uh, work at a certain level. I don't do private practice. I don't have a master's or a PhD. So these these are just general theories um, of psychology, and I I really don't engage in one to one therapy. For entertainment purposes only. Yes.
3: All
4: right. And we need to also point out the fact that the song that Benjamin did. Oh,
3: and Benjamin is, uh, (laughs) I didn't know if you wanted me to say that, but you are the man behind Borderline Baby, which our audience loves, by the
4: way. That's the greatest thing
14: Uh, ever.
3: Yeah, a song that our audience Thank you very much. Drawn
14: drawn from direct experience uh, working with uh, patients with a personality disorder uh, of uh, borderline personality disorder. So.
3: Uh, is that the hot chicks
14: that cut themselves? Uh, not all of them are hot. Oh. Yeah, well, unfortunately. You work with any nymphos. <laughs> um, you
12: work with any nymphos. You know, I will You're tell you this, be though. just fine, I will, I will tell you this,
14: though. I have been propositioned on the job by, uh, you know, a very attractive young lady who was just, just uh, very psychotic, and uh, oh. I, I went to kind of a quiet place oh, wow. to talk to her, and she said, are we going to have sex now? I said, no. Oh, oh. No, but we are you, not.
3: But, but did it make you a little sad to say no? Come on. Uh, you know, be it's
14: under a different circumstances. If I didn't know she was crazy and I wasn't her therapist, maybe. But, what if uh, you just weren't
3: you know. her therapist but knew she was crazy? Everybody's a little crazy. Now I know what no. lurks in the heart of man. <laughs> Michael Crichton actually has this, uh, He, I don't think it's a whole book. I think it's as part of his book, Travels, which is a whole bunch of essays. He told this story about when he was doing his clinical rotation or whatever they call it, and... Uh, you know, and it was one of those man who mistook his wife for a hat things where it was, like, all kinds of different crazy, and he talked about meeting a girl who was... And I always think that this is made up, like, nymphomania. I didn't think that... I never think that really exists. I always think that's, like, a penthouse forum thing. Um, but meeting this girl who was a compulsive... Uh, was compulsively sexual, and he said was, like, the hottest girl he'd ever met in his life. And yeah. literally, he would go like... Time to take your meds, and like she would just take off her clothes right in front of me. She's like, "Let's do it," and he just yeah. he said eventually he was like he had to go home and just drink himself to sleep every night. So
14: I think that is considered like an impulse disorder, all, all, along with uh, yeah, like obsessive compulsive. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, there's the things I consider myself OC without the D. I'm a little obsessive, a little compulsive, but it's not a disorder. I take notes. I've got like six months of my life laid out on a calendar because I can't remember anything, like Doctor Sam Beckett style. I've got Swiss cheese for brains, and, <laughs> and it, things just fall in the holes and get lost. So if you are highly Sexual because you just love it and you, you want it all the time. That's Call right. Richie. If, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> you can give out the station number, but uh, but if you if you can't control it, if it becomes a problem in your life, that's when it's a disorder. If it's impacting you negatively, if you just love sex and you want to have it as much as you can, go for it. I know that we're probably
3: over time, so do we have to break here in just a second? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, then we have to. You know, we have to have you back at some point because man, uh, I now and I know that I'm like every guy at a party going. I have this pain in my left arm. Could you? <laughs> but I got now. But now that we've just started, I have all of these questions about craziness. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, Benjamin, thank you so much for coming in. We appreciate it. Uh, so, and uh, Richie, congratulations. Happy birthday and not being crazy. Well done. Yay. All right. Uh, let's take a break here. We'll come back after this. Uh, thank you. Uh, we'll wrap it up. Back after this with Tom Likas. Don't go anywhere. She manipulates me like a puppet
14: on strings. She's abusive and hostile and loving and sweet. It's a fatal attraction. She's my borderline,
3: baby. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day. Final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Uh,
4: for how many calls do I have? room? Uh, a minute and a half until I check music.
3: All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson r- <laughs> radio program. Hello, hi, how can I help you, sir?
13: Well, I've got a couple of questions. First off... Uh versus Frank Pagliando as far as impressions go, especially Pacino.
3: Is this a fake accent?
13: What do you think? Oh, boy. No,
4: seriously. Sarah, fake accent? I don't know. Say something else.
13: Well, my second question is, why do Americans in particular have a fascination with impersonating English and Australian accents?
4: I don't know. I don't know if it's real or not. I don't know. This sounds like a South African dude that I know. Really? Yeah.
3: I don't know. <laughs> so, my first question.
13: What, what, what kind of... Where do you guys side?
3: What do I what?
13: <laughs> Frank Caliendo or gas? as far as impressions go. Are you familiar with Frank Caliendo? No. No. I'm just so
3: upset. Obs- I'm just thinking- this is like where- this is like a thing where I'm not even listening to your words. I'm just watching the shape of your words as they go through my head to figure if they're fake or not. No, not at all, Sarah, real or fake? I don't. I don't have, I'm not you putting my really in the don't bed. know. I think I think you might be a real foreigner, but I'm not sure.
13: Well, I appreciate it, but
3: <laughs> all right. Sadly, we have to bring down the curtain on this because we're out of time, sir.
13: Well, all I can say
3: is best show ever. Yeah, oh. bastard! All right, thank you. Bye. Thank you, Dick. All right, let's run. Way to go, sir! All right, we want to thank a radio correspondent Steve cast I'm James Roop. Uh, I apologize to Peter Carlin. get <laughs> bumped Matt Damon style. Um, Dorothy Carson, Terry from the National Enquirer tomorrow. Uh, author Steve Alden also tomorrow. Uh, and uh, Scott Dally. So, uh, anyway. Rick Emerson Show, produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X Dillon for AM970, Solid State Radio. Our thanks to Benjamin as well, who came in. Uh, on the phones, the non-crazy Richard Bristol in the newsroom, Tim Riley. Uh, upstairs, webmistress Bridget keeps things running, electronically speaking. And, of course, our uh, director of marketing is CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan. Don't act with me, Reynolds. See you all tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Bye.
2: Oh.